unknown vessel, this is Wayland Utani Anchor Point Station. Please respond. Troop transport Sulaco. Return. New? Kid bit me! Don't touch me! Oh, don't touch her! Bishop. Hicks. Weapons Division intends to develop the alien. Audible Studios present Alien 3 by William Gibson, starring Michael Bean and Lance Henriksen. And welcome to the Slash Filmcast, the official podcast of SlashFilm.com. I'm David Chen, and with me are David Hardware, Jeff Kanata, and joining us today, we have a very special guest. You may have seen him in works such as The League, uh, as well as Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, this year, you can catch him in HBO's original series Veep. He also has a wildly successful and popular podcast called How Did This Get Made. Paul Shear, welcome back to the Slash Filmcast. Paul, how are you doing today? I am so excited to be here. I want you to know, you made me face my greatest fear by seeing this film. Uh, <laughs> there are two words that I muted on Twitter, and I did this way before I talked to you about this. It was uh, Transformers and Trump. Those are the two words that I've muted. <laughs> are you serious about this? Is it, is I know. It, you know, you, you could have just killed... Uh, Paul, you could have just killed two birds with one stone there and just muted America. <laughs> you, know what it, you know what it was? And simply this, and I will say it, uh, Transformers was the first word I ever muted because I was like, oh, can I mute Transformers? Because I thought to myself, this is the franchise I care least about. Like, <laughs> like I have issues with DC movies. You know, I love Marvel movies, but I, like, I don't care at all. Like, I don't care what Autobot is in a thing. I have seen three of these and been disappointed every single time, and I checked out, and then you guys brought me back in, like the Godfather 3, to see this film, and uh, I have so much, I, there's, I don't know Did how you... much the mythology continues from when I last saw it. <laughs> well, well before, before we get to that, firstly, uh, Paul, we were right there with you. Okay, yes. we have watched uh-huh. four of these movies, and we were out. We were out of there. We, we didn't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Um, but we thought to ourselves, hey, maybe there's a way we can figure out a way to do this while not feeling terrible about ourselves. And uh, the way we did that was we launched a GoFundMe campaign, uh, which you graciously helped us to promote. You can find it at GoFundMe.com slash slash formers. And we set a very modest goal of $500. Uh, and we thought to ourselves, okay, if $500 goes to LA Children's Hospital as a result of this podcast, we can live with seeing yes. Transformers 5 the last night. Uh, and in fact, uh, our listeners collectively all banded together and have contributed at this point over $6,800 to Los Angeles Children's Hospital. Insane. So you guys are yeah. awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks, Paul, for helping us advertise this thing. Um, and we really appreciate everyone who donated money. Now, you might be sitting there listening to this podcast episode. Uh, you haven't donated yet. And you're thinking to yourself, well, it's too late. I can't donate anymore. And I'm already listening to the episode that this is supporting. Disabuse yourself of that notion now. You can also, still go. <laughs> also, you should know that $6,800, it turns out, 
is almost not enough for us to have watched this. <laughs> it's barely enough, but like, yeah, you're right, Jeff. It really should be a higher amount. Yeah. Um, well, I, so I also will say too, like, just for people who are afraid, they go, oh, "I don't have enough money to donate." People are donating five bucks. That's fine. Like, get that five bucks in there because it does make a difference, and that's that's a worthy. Uh, it's worthy. Five bucks is as as chump change. Yeah, we'll the get kids. It in there. We'll get it's up like to a, seven thousand. It's like a latte. Yeah. It's a latte yeah. at Starbucks or something. Um, but in any case, uh, thanks so much for contributing. And if you're listening to this, you haven't donated yet. But you, I, I'm going to pull one of those like street performer things on you. Like if you listen to this <laughs> and you get enjoyment out of it, uh, go to GoFundMe.com slash slash formers. So that's GoFundMe.com slash the word slash formers and and throw in some cash and if it if it if it's unclear every single penny of this is going to lh children's hospital which is uh the place you may have heard jimmy kimmel talk about on his show about how they basically saved uh his son's life and and they do that for all kinds of kids it's in a really an amazing place and literally every penny of this is going to that so yeah no, I, nothing for the yeah. slash film guests or for paul it's all for la children's hospital yeah and i am a, also a giant fan of uh of that hospital it's a amazing facility and we've had so many friends that have had superior care for their children there so i i'm a big big fan all right well and uh, and the one thing that we should definitely make sure though is that none of those kids see Transformers because they will get sicker. Yes. <laughs> we need to it's protect true. them from this. If anything, we need to be making better movies for these kids. Agreed. Agreed completely. Well, uh, you can find more episodes of this podcast at SlashFilmCast.com. You can also email us at SlashFilmCast at gmail.com. And today is going to be a, a special episode because, uh, the, you know, this is a GoFundMe episode. we got Paul Shear here. We're not going to do our normal format. Instead, we are just going to take apart this movie, Transformers The Last Night, piece by piece. So, let's get into it, shall we? It has been said through the ages without sacrifice there can be no victory. Two species at war One flesh, one metal. Gentlemen, I had a, one quick question mm-hmm. for you, because I know we're going to talk a lot about what infuriated us about this film. And I just thought maybe before we begin, if we just went around the horn and everyone just said one thing that they really liked about the movie. <laughs> yeah, Is there yeah, one thing? Because, you know, I feel like, you know, let's start it off on a positive note here because we're going to, it's probably going to get darker than we need it to be. But uh, <laughs> like, what were, what was like one or two things that you guys all liked? I, I think that's thank totally God reasonable. For Paul. Thank God for yeah, Paul. Yeah, thank, thank God for <laughs> Paul. So, so uh, well, let's say also before we get into this that we are probably going to spoil plot points about Transformers. We're not going to have like a spoiler section. We're just going to spoil everything. Um, we're going to spoil the plot insofar as such a plot can be spoiled, which, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know that that's super possible. Uh, but in any case, yeah. Uh, all right, Paul, I'll start us off. Uh, this is one of the shortest Transformers films ever made. <laughs> what? I did not know that. Yeah. It felt so long. Yeah. It was, uh, I think it's the shortest one except for the first one, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, have, one, yeah. I, have, I have a compliment that's not backhanded. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I saw this movie uh, at a press screening, and they showed it in true IMAX Ooh. 3D. And as a true 
like not Limax. No, this was on a massive screen. And there are a bunch of shots in this movie, uh, not all in a row, but there are a bunch <laughs> of shots in this movie that are in, in, in real IMAX, shot with IMAX cameras in IMAX 3D. And that format is absolutely jaw-dropping. To, to mm-hmm. see on that size of a screen the 3D effects on, in a, with great projection, the sense of scale that this movie brings in that format, I, there was actually some some moments that I just was so in awe of the format itself. Uh, so I thought actually that was kind of cool. All right. Mm-hmm. Jeff uh, chimed in with his positivity. How about you, Devendra? Say something nice about Transformers the last night. I have to say I kind of miss uh, Michael Bay's really low-angle car chase stuff, <laughs> and that just looks it looks so good. Like, guys, I genuinely love Bad Boys 2. I think that is a really fun, crazy movie with some great chase scenes, and The Rock also had some. And Michael Bay, like, he when he's focused, he knows how to shoot action. Um, so, like, uh, the, there are some sequences, and there's no, like, one chase scene in this movie, but there are several sequences where we're, like, right behind a really fast-moving, gorgeous car. And it looked, it, it was pretty cool. And I have to also echo Jeff's sentiments. I The scale, there's some bits here where the scale is really cool because these are giant robots and there's like a planet-sized thing coming at us. And, you know, I wish I wish all the talent and all the like, uh, you know, money and technology that went into doing those scenes, like, you know, was in service of a better script or something. How about you, Paul? <laughs> Your right. favorite thing about Transformers? I have two two things. They're a little separate, but I think they work in tandem. I'm going to say the first hour of this movie, I was like, oh, why am I so harsh on this movie? I actually (laughs) think I enjoyed the first hour before there were like 9 million robots. I think the one thing I would like to point out as a scene I liked the most was the Con Air scene where where the bad robot – and I'm sorry that I'm like – Forgetting robots, <laughs> where the bad robots like get all oh, Megatron. He's like Megatron's like get all my guys out of jail, and I loved like that whole sequence oh, where like yeah. this bad guy, this bad guy. It was like guy, a, it was a Suicide Squad. It's another yeah. comparison. Yeah, exactly. I, I just only try to compare things to good things. Uh, so uh, <laughs> uh, nice. But um, and then I also will say, and this is something. My favorite thing about that though was the payoff to that uh, that cool Suicide Squad introduction was. Oh, wait, there was no payoff. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that I also think about this movie was I like the actors. I think that Mark Wahlberg, like, God bless this guy. He he doesn't phone it in. Like, I really (laughs) feel like he is working hard. I thought Anthony Hopkins brought it as, as much as you can bring it with the dumbest dialogue ever spoken, like the most on the surface dialogue. They both were committing. I love that Gerard was in it. Uh, yeah. Gerard Carmichael, who is super funny. But did you guys feel that way? Because I feel like when I watched Mark Wahlberg, I was like, oh, wow, there's nothing here. And he's pretty, like, convincingly talking to these robots. I don't know what it was about him. I almost <laughs> thought, I, I feel like Mark Wahlberg really excels against yeah. these against CGI in a way that I would never have expected him it to do. It does feel you're like... That, you're saying that next to robots, he seems so lifelike. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like think, the SNL Mark hard. Wahlberg personality. Yeah. You know, the yes. like, uh, say hi to your mother, Mark Wahlberg <laughs> thing. Yes. Uh, that. I, think, yeah. I think what I liked, and that's, and, you know, that's maybe more to the point. I like this version of Mark Wahlberg where he's <laughs> kind of being shit on and he's like kind of like, Hey, come on, guys, come on, come on, guy! Like he's—he's he's not like the—he's not super cool, even though right. he is. 
but he's like kind of everyone's kind of dumping on him a little yeah. bit. He hasn't and had sex that. in years. Yes, that, <laughs> he looks like Mark Wahlberg. I know. And this character has not had sex in years. What? Look, he's a, he's in a he's in a uh, a garbage dump with Gerard and that uh and that the chief of police out there. Um, but like, I mean, but I like I think that I that made me like him. I felt like it's so hard to do. And I think by the end of Transformers, you felt like um, uh, that what's his face Shia was like basically just flicking off the audience, like. Why are you still coming to this? Like, because I'm not even caring enough. And I do feel like Mark Wahlberg's like, no, I'm in this movie and I'm going to do everything in my power to deliver it. I mean, that's how I felt. He 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 certainly had great hair. Yeah. Amazing hair. I thought it could be cut a little bit. It looked a little bit unkempt for my life. I think the CG has come so far that Mark Wahlberg's hair looks amazing now. Like, we (laughs) we just invest so much money into realistic Mark Wahlberg hair, and I really dig it. And uh, to what you're saying, Paul, I actually, I I do like that we are basically just shitting on this character, whose name is Cade Yeager. Cade Yeager, best name in cinema. Um, but that's something Tom Cruise's character in The Mummy kind of needed, because I don't know if you've seen that movie. But no. that guy, that character is great at everything. And apparently he he is still like very much into talking about his sexual performance. And <laughs> that's weird. That yeah. is weird. Yeah, I, I think that actually I would I wanted to compliment Anthony Hopkins because Anthony Hopkins yeah. looks like he's having a blast. Yes, he looks in like this he's movie. having so much fun in this film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's playing he's playing himself from Westworld. But <laughs> It, it he looks like he's just having so much fun getting to like curse and and there's like a sequence where he's in a car and it just looks like he's like I've never been in a car this fast before you know <laughs> does, does he say punk ass bitch I wrote that yes. down at one point yes yeah. when and I was like great I was like that's also like the 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 beauty of Michael Bay uh, because Michael Bay like he casts good actors for the most part in these big leading roles and I feel like you get Sean Connery gave this amazing performance in The Rock. Uh, and, and I feel like you, I don't know. I think he brings like a, a playful side out of these guys because I think they all realize what they're doing. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I did. I I did a a video with Michael Bay one time uh, for an award show, and he's a very intense, lovable guy. Um, and he told me like he, how he just like he he just takes every actor to task, even Sean Connery. He was he basically like Sean Connery did a line reading. He's like, "Is that what you're gonna give me, man? You gotta step it up, man. You gotta step it up and you gotta <laughs> deliver." And I was like, "Wow!" Like, could you imagine him like yelling at Anthony Hopkins? You know, he did. Oh, man. But- oh, probably. You know, I was at the uh, at CES one year. I was at that thing, the uh, the Samsung keynote where Michael Bay yeah. had to speak, and he came out on stage, and the <laughs> teleprompter wasn't working. He just froze. And he was like, nope, can't do this. Sorry. So I feel like somebody had to yell at him to like get those lines out. Come on. I remember, I remember uh, watching the commentary for The Rock, which in my opinion, uh, Bad Boys 2 is, is very, very fun. But in my opinion, The Rock is probably oh, in yeah. my book, uh, Michael Bay's last great film. Uh, and Game is pretty great too, but yeah. But he was talking about how uh, Ed Harris delivers an awesome performance in that film. Uh, and how that was a challenge because Michael Bay, when The Rock came out, was like 30 years old. Right. And Ed Harris was, you know, 50. And it just, it takes a lot of, you know, for a director to be able to like convincingly direct someone who's decades older than him, you know, when this guy, Ed Harris, has seen everything by that point. But I thought he, he got a great performance out of Ed Harris. Uh, you compare Ed Harris's performance to Anthony Hopkins' performance in this movie, that, <laughs> that comparison also chronicles the path of Michael Bay's career from then to here, in my opinion. Um, so, 
I love that people tuned into this episode so excited to hear us rip this movie to shreds. And we spent 25 minutes just talking about how nice it is and how good, the things we like. I love that. I think Paul is actually a sleeper agent who was in, he was sent here to infiltrate us and make us actually say good things about this movie. Thanks, All right. Paul. Well, but, you know, I think it's, but I think it's good to, because like, it's like, look, these movies are so giant. And right. I feel like, and, and there are good elements to them, but they just, what I think happens to me about this movie is this. It's like, it's like a ramp up. Like I'm in there and that first hour, I'm like, okay, this is kind of not as bad as I thought. It's kind of like a kid's movie, but it's a robot movie. That's kind of fun. And then they just suck you dry. So like every <laughs> next half hour feels longer than the last. Like first half hour flies by second half hour. All right, you're there. Third half hour. It's getting slower. By the time you hit that two hour mark, you're like, well, I looked at my watch so many times for in the last 40 minutes of this movie. I'm like, come on. And yeah, I, there's, I, I, there's 12 half hours is the problem. Yeah, it just gets – why do these movies need to be so long? Like, they don't what, need what to. I, I don't like, think you even saw – you don't. Need, I don't think you even saw Transformers Four: Age of Extinction, right? Did you have you seen that movie? Or? I, no, I've seen only the Shia movies. I never yeah. saw Mark Wahlberg. Transformers: so, yeah. Age of Extinction was two hours and forty five minutes long. Jeez, I Ooh. mean that that is just a rough amount. Of I'm time actually to be still in that. that movie. I'm still watching that movie <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah, we're all still watching it as we're recording this. Um, but okay, I, I agreed with you. They're overlong. They're bloated, and the plot makes no sense. But <laughs> why, don't, why don't we dive into it, guys? Let's let's dive into the plot yeah. of it. So we, we've all said good things. Um, what we're going to do is we're just going to go through the plot. On, it's on Wikipedia. They've written out a very detailed plot summary, and we're going to go through each section piece by piece. So can I, can I say one thing before we start, Dave? Yep. It, I, it occurred to me that it, it felt like, and I, this hasn't been the case for me with the previous Transformers, but this one in particular felt like. You know that there's a, there's an improv game that a lot of people like play at camp or something, you know, where someone starts telling a story and then <laughs> someone else picks up that story. Yeah. And then yes. you just see how off the rails the story goes. Like a story inevitably, carousel, yeah. yeah. Yeah, inevitably somebody completely, you know, invalidates something or pulls some crazy ass thing out of the, you know, and then uh, King Arthur shows up and it's like, <laughs> what? You know, that's how this movie felt to me. That it was it was constantly being handed off to some other insane person that wanted to just take spin it off into another direction. It yeah. was yeah. crazy. I, 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 mean, I, think- I will say that the opening of this movie made me laugh so hard. It was it. I mean, besides Optimus flying in space, it opens up. It's like the Dark Ages. I'm like, what? Okay, I'm in. I'm in the Dark Ages. That's where we're starting. Great. And then we get like drunk ass uh, uh, Stanley Tucci. It's like, what? oh my okay. god. So, he was so, in Age of Extinction, too, so, so it's very confusing. The, the movie begins I really in... thought that Merlin should have been John Turturro, by the way. And that <laughs> oh. would have been, like, been ageless, and you realize that was him yeah. the entire time. That would have wow. been pretty incredible. Uh, in 484 AD, King Arthur's wizard Merlin forges an alliance with the Knights of Iacon, a group of 12 Transformers who have hidden on Earth. <laughs> the Knights give Merlin an alien staff and combine into a dragon to help Arthur triumph over the Saxons. But uh, that's already more coherent than what we actually get at the beginning. Oh, yeah. They, they, they oh, don't yeah. explain, you know, who is fighting who, what's at stake. You know, you're just. And by the way, we also that opening sequence is like Saving Private Ryan. They did not have (laughs) artillery the way that these men were being flown and like across the screen. It was like he was like, "Yeah, we got to shoot." It's a it's a battle sequence, but it was like it was it was like Dunkirk level battle sequence for 
for no weapons, no weapons. Like, Dun- I mean, Dunkirk, a movie, by the way, that is 40 minutes shorter than Transformers <laughs> the last night. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's crazy that they just thrust you into this situation with no explanation. It actually reminds me of uh, King Arthur, the Guy Ritchie movie that came out this year. They also thrust you into this massive battle at the beginning of that film, but you actually understood with some level of, uh, you know, baseline knowledge, what was actually going on in that scene. Uh, in this scene, drunk Stanley Tucci, who is a apparently womanizing drunk gambler, uh, Merlin, Merlin is a fraud. Yeah, uh, is Merlin, as Merlin, is a fraud and, and uh, hires these Transformers to help uh, them triumph over the Saxons. Um, so this staff is given to... Can I also say one thing? To, I, I'm not, yeah. sorry to keep on... <laughs> no, but please. Do you think that this whole like wave, like the reason why this started in the Dark Ages is because like Michael Bay in that writer's room of Transformers where they have like 50 million like amazing writers. Like, come out here, get in here and shit something out. Like, <laughs> like, but we're, like they go like, oh, all right, guys, Game of Thrones is really popular. We've got to open up with Game of Thrones. Like I feel yeah. like they were like, yeah, it's part Game of Thrones too. Like it's like, <laughs> yeah, like why, like and like, this, like that's I think the reason like King Art, like people don't want to see medieval times; they want to see Game of Thrones. Like they don't like, and, but people are like, no, 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 they, we like all that stuff. The horses, horses and swords, cool. I, I I think it's actually Paul Michael Bay's desire to have Transformers responsible for every. Single yeah. human development in the history of mankind. This is going to be a 2001 situation. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So between you know King Arthur uh, killing Hitler, um, and also you find out by the way in Age of Extinction uh, that they were responsible for killing the dinosaurs. Oh, so yeah. really, like yeah. there, w- there would be no modern humanity without Transformers. <laughs> Dark is, of the is, Moon. Remember the space program? Oh, they were part of the space landing. Yeah. Getting uh, to the moon for them. Uh, yeah. It was their idea to build the pyramids in uh, Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> um, so. Why why do we know all this? <laughs> I spent so too much time stupid. thinking about Transformers. Okay, so uh, I think I think what we're saying, we're concluding that the opening segment was batshit insane. And, yes. uh, it Dragon... did look cool in IMAX, though. But yes, um, it was batshit insane. Were you guys noticing, I, I watched it in regular no D or 2D, <laughs> and, and the ratio changed like every five seconds. I felt like I was... Is that something that was normally happening? Did anyone else notice yeah, that? Yeah, there was, no, the there was no fewer than 50 yeah. aspect ratio changes uh, yeah. during the course of this movie. Yeah. That's the first time I've ever really noticed anything like that. Also, I just had another question about this opening. Did they always carry swords? Is that a thing that they always have? Or did Optimus they just, has like, a sword, red... yes. Optimus oh, has a sword had... in his arm, yeah. But are you talking okay. about the, you're talking about the staff that he gives him? Well, no, because I, like I felt like there were... Maybe it was Optimus' sword. I don't know. I just felt like swords were a, a lot more right. present in this in this world of Transformers. Like, well, I don't remember he, them all having like sheathed swords. Like Wonder those Woman were had. Dark Age Transformers, so they didn't have gun technology yet. Yeah, kind so. <laughs> of how it works. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, are you saying that those Transformers didn't? Yeah, Tra- Transformer exactly. weapon like, technology like, like, a, like a rock. Shooting device like a, a, a million rocks at it. They, they have tre- the human guns. They have trebuchet all. technology uh, back <laughs> oh then. Oh man, um, I don't. I don't want right. to jump. I don't want to jump ahead to the end either. But what does the staff do? Oh, the staff. What does it do? Magical powers. I, I don't know, man. It calls the three-headed uh, nope. dragon robot. Right? It doesn't because Optimus got that without the staff. <laughs> it's the key oh, to unlocking yeah, the she energy. Needs, um, yeah, the, uh, yeah, the woman um, needs it to stop the uh, Quintessa, right? 
Right, yeah. she needs it. We know oh, that she. Fantastic. Need, everybody needs Fantastic. it. It's such a rip off of the Borg Queen uh, <laughs> that I've ever ever seen. And I was like, this is just right out of uh, First Contact. Yeah, it's Star like, Trek First crazy. Contact. Yeah. All right. So anyway, in the present day, most of the governments of Earth have declared Transformers illegal, except Cuba. Let's pause there for a moment. Oh, oh that was terrible. <laughs> right at the top. The, you get the racist robots like right at the top where it's like, hey, like it was like Denise is like like he says like hola amigo. Like it's like it's like a bad like uh, Spanish radio station. There, right there the is point. a transformer in this movie that it behaves exactly like Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> that is the whole Transformers character. Is he's Pepe Le Pew? Uh, so I, I will say, other than that, though, I think you I mean Speedy the re- Gonzalez. But okay, no, no, no. I'm saying separately at the, later on in the movie, oh, the oh, um, oh. Anthony Hopkins. Uh, but the so, best thing about Cuba is that <laughs> is that uh, John Turturro only exists in that movie in a phone booth in right. Cuba. Like, <laughs> I will only shoot this movie if you send me to the beach. Uh, he's literally shorts the whole time. literally phoning it in. Um, yeah. By the way, guys, I just want to I want to steal one joke from the forum because jim mcveigh wrote and this is i think really good goes what did transformers transform to in ancient times horse carts <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be an awesome sequence yeah, yeah what were they? they were so basically until cars became a thing they were just giant ass robots that couldn't hide anywhere <laughs> <laughs> they were exactly what meets the eye yeah <laughs> Uh, anyway, the multinational Transformer Reaction Force has been formed to eliminate all the alien robots. Despite the absence of Optimus Prime, who left the planet to search for his creator, but for some reason is frozen through space? Anyway, new Transformers continue to arrive regularly. The newest ship uh, to arrive crash lands in Chicago, where it is found by a group of children. When a TRF mecha confronts oh. the kids, they are saved by Isabella, a survivor. I got that. I don't even think I got that. Like, I, yeah. I thought that that I thought that like that Chicago was like kind of like boarded off, and they just were going in there to see. I didn't think that was a new ship. That I am I'm right there with you. Michael Bay visual storytelling. I'm Paul. right there with yeah. you. Paul. I thought I didn't, yeah. but it does explain. Reading, reading this plot summary yeah. is kind of cheating. <laughs> yeah. It's like giving you the cliffs notes of the actual It's way movie, too yeah. focused. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel it, like I'm talking about the movie that was not this, this is by, by the way, this is just a Kiva Goldsmith on Wikipedia going, all right, I'll just get in there. I'll tell him what to act. <laughs> <laughs> when a terror... <laughs> go, go the script was actually five pages long. <laughs> and uh, they just made a two and a half hour movie. Out. When a TRF mecha confronts the kids, they're saved by Isabella, a survivor of the Battle of Chicago, and her Transformers companions, Squeaks and Canopy. But Canopy is killed by the TRF in the process. Bumblebee by the way, what a sad sequence when Canopy got that. Like, yeah, again, like, no. this, is, I, I, this is the part of the movie that I liked because it's like, I like when it was like one robot and they were talking and they yeah. like were in a world where robots exist. I, there was something about that opening like rip off of Stranger Things again. Like right, like I feel like whatever was popular. But I wrote yeah. down some dialogue in here too. Well, was, my favorite line is, oh, yeah. hey, we're kids. We can get away with anything. I, that's literally, I said, dialogue is next level stupid. We're kids. We can do anything. It's like, you dummy. Like, this is like, and like, then there's another line. It's like, you have a big heart. Like, it was like just exposition as dialogue. It was, and it wasn't even finessed exposition. It was crazy. It's like, yeah, that's it. That's fine. Well, what's also, also, all of those kids are we, we think we're in a movie about this ragtag group of kids and there's one who has a crush on the other one and they literally disappear they vanish for 80 percent of the movie <laughs> yeah it's it's, oh. it's ridiculous because if you watch the tra- one of the trailers for transformers the last night it is about isabella like the, the trailer makes it seem <laughs> like the movie is about her journey right. and that would have takes c- an hour off 
Yeah, that would have yeah. been like potentially an interesting Spielbergian story to see like this world of Transformers from her eyes. It would have been like kind of a fresh reboot, but nope. Got to go back to the Wahlberg. Uh, well, by the wall, but by the way, like what happened to Wahlberg's daughter that she wasn't in it? Is it like the same thing with like T.J. Miller? It's like, oh yeah, we didn't get them to sign on for the next movie, or like no clue. Yeah, okay, no, like they no just idea. disappeared out of. They're just gone. Maybe one movie is enough for her. She's like, I got better things to do, like gardening yeah. <laughs> instead of appearing. <laughs> like, I have my literally, beach house. Literally yeah. anything else. Uh, so Bumblebee and Kate Yeager arrive and help them escape, but Yeager's unable to save the Transformer Steelbane in the ship. Before By he the way, died- I will say, when Wahlberg <laughs> appears, he's like Han Soloed out. Like he's in like a leather. Like, I, I, I thought that was a good entrance for like him in that moment. I was like, oh, wow, he's like really just Han Solo here. He's just like being super cool dude, firing guns. I didn't know this character, so for me, it was a great introduction mm, to this mm. guy. I was like, I I was on board with. Yeah, him. it was. Pretty, isn't it, a, it, was isn't it a weird place to start? We're in this like post-apocalyptic, very depressing, ultra-militarized version of the world where all of a sudden, like, things yeah. have gotten so bad so fast that we're now in this like. It, it really feels like we're in Terminator, you know? It's the yeah. bad well, X-Men yeah. timeline that we're always trying to avoid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also, like, how many how many goddamn times did the Transformers save the world? They were working <laughs> with the U.S. government several times, and now they're all illegal. He's, and now they're all on the road. Okay. By the way, I mean, the ham-fisted thing of the illegal, the illegals, too. It's like, it's like yeah. everything that's like in the zeitgeist right now. It's like, illegals, Stranger Things, Game of Thrones, get it all in there. Like, Michael Bay is just kicking closed the closet door, and it's like, yeah, the script is, it's just hold it, hold it as tight as you can. <laughs> so before he dies, Steelbane attaches a metallic talisman to Jaeger's body, an act observed by Decepticon Barricade, who reports it to his leader Megatron. Okay, is, uh, the, is the like ta- sitting sitting in his throne room, which <laughs> like didn't seem like he was hiding at all. It just seemed like nope. he was just kind of like shooting fire, yeah. getting mad, kind of a lesser version of. Uh, of uh, not Darth Sidious, uh, who's the new one in uh, Force Awakens? Uh, uh, Snoke. Snoke, yeah, you know, very <laughs> sure. Snoke-like, just out there, kind of mad at everybody. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so he's in hiding. Megatron, is that the thing? Uh, yeah, I think. You know, yeah. He he escaped at the end of Transformers: Age of Extinction. Like the TV show, he always escapes. Yeah, always. got it. Okay. Is the talisman a transformer? <laughs> I think. It's so uh, it does transform. Mark transform. Wahlberg definitely fucked that talisman because <laughs> it goes down his pants, around his arm into his pants, and he stands there and does nothing. While inevitably, you're left to believe as an audience member, it's wrapping around his junk, like it's wrapping around everything down there, and he just kind of gives a look to that girl who looks exactly like Megan Fox. By the way, way to go, Michael Bay. For casting women who look exactly like us, like you just can't, just cast Megan Fox, uh, <laughs> British Megan Fox. She looks at her like, "Aha, uh-huh, yeah, I got a I got a robot talisman around my penis right now." Uh, <laughs> it was the craziest scene. We're we'll we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, 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 <laughs> discounting the fact that this Megan Fox has a British accent. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that was that was really the upgrade in this. <laughs> On the far reaches of the solar system, Optimus Prime discovers that the Transformers' homeworld, Cybertron, now disassembled to pieces, is heading directly for Earth. Optimus finds the being in control of Cybertron's movement, a sorceress named Quintessa, who professes to be the maker he's searching for. I'm sorry to keep on cutting you off. No, please. There's two things. things. When Mark Wahlberg goes into that alien spaceship to, to deal with that robot, he takes off a breathing apparatus on the robot's face. And I'm like, what? Why does the robot need a breathing apparatus? <laughs> he doesn't need to breathe. He's a robot. Like, just rip that thing off his face. <laughs> like he, and you, you see him rip it off. He's like, Psh, 
Yes. And like, I'm like, wait, why is he breathing anything? He should be a robot. I also had an issue that Mark Wahlberg's Jeep had doors, but they weren't doors. They were just a frame of a door. So there was nothing there. So why even have the frame of the door? It was just two pieces of piping. I was like, that makes no sense. Just take it all off at this point. You're, you're not protecting anything at wow, this point. Wow, this, this is the deep cuts of the nitpicks here. Uh, sorry, Bob. yeah. No, no, no. It's good. It's all it's good. good. It's all good. That's it's what good. we're here for. We're here for it. Yeah. Uh, you just mentioned the fact that uh, Optimus goes to uh, Cybertron and meets Quintessa. So, uh, Paul, you may not know this, but at the end, spoilers for the end of the previous Transformers yes. movie, but yes. the end of the Transformers <laughs> movie, it, triumphantly, Optimus Prime announces to everyone that uh, Autobots, I'm leaving. The, you know, he, he, he shoots off. He says, I'm going off to meet my maker. And uh, that's how the movie ends. Like he triumphantly like launches himself into space to meet his maker. And in this movie, he literally like coasts through space. <laughs> he, he, he looks like he's incapacitated. Right? Yeah. Well, he's running like out of fuel. He's, he's, yeah. He's, he's, he's yeah. like kicked into space by like. You know, like Superman or something. He's just like, it looks like he was lost at sea out there. Yeah. And he literally lands right there, right at his maker. He's like, oh. he lands on a planet. You assume the planet's pretty large. Yeah. And he, he lands like on her front doorstep. Like, yep. Well, apparently without any guidance whatsoever, right? Yeah. Like, yes. and, yeah, yeah. And like, so we assume that he's never met her before? Or is this the first? Because like, I, it felt like his action to go there was like, I got to go check in with my boss. It wasn't like I got to go find out if civilization ever started. Like it, it, it seemed like it didn't seem like there was much yeah. pomp and circumstance if it was the first time he was meeting her. I don't know much about Transformers lore, but yeah, apparently she says she built them, right, but we don't created- know beyond that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, she also wants to destroy Earth because also Earth is apparently Unicron, which <laughs> that that opens up a whole other boatload, like. So I remember. Oh, oh yeah, I yeah. Think- so, so Transformers are not only responsible yeah. for every uh, historical development in human history. Uh, Earth is a transformer. Earth guys. is a giant machine. Earth that's is a transformer. Yeah, yeah. We haven't really delved into that in this movie, but that's essentially what they're saying. Because I think in the cartoon movies, Unicron is a big ass transformer. He's planet size. Yeah. yeah so yeah. yeah. Uh, well, anyway, so, so Paul, I'm going to keep going, but you, yes. uh, do feel free to interrupt because it's okay. that's what this is for. Um, <laughs> The staff which the knights gave to Merlin was stolen from Quintessa, and using her powers, she places Optimus under her control and charges him with recovering it. Okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> using her powers, she places Optimus under her control. What? Like what? <laughs> what? What happens to turn him into to uh, what does he call Nemesis Prime? Yeah, she's Nemesis the programmer. Prime. She, she looks into his eyes. She looks yeah. into his eyes. That's all that happens. She, she's by the, the way, programmer. This- this she touches his face. I yeah. needed this description while I was watching it because I didn't get <laughs> a lot of this. And I was paying attention. I was there. I mean, I was like, I didn't really even understand the transformation to Nemesis Prime until at the end when he was like, I'm Nemesis Prime. And I was like, wait, when did that? I didn't really even get it. <laughs> his eyes went red. And that's when all the little kids know the good guy goes bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think all literally... their eyes are going red all the time. They're robots. I, I need something more. I need more than that. Did you guys see um, Matt Singer wrote this article uh, op- uh, called Optimus Prime Has Always Been a Total Jerk? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that I thought yeah. was really an awesome article. Basically, what he does is he goes through the entire history of, of Optimus Prime and all the Transformers films. <laughs> and uh, Optimus behaves 
deplorably during the course of of the entire series. Not a great leader. Um, not a not a great leader. Like he betrays Earth a bunch of times, or he he already has been a villain in previous films. Um, like uh, when he he kind of partners with Megatron in like the last movie, but then like shoots his partner execution style. Like he just does all these horrible things that. Uh, yeah. already predisposed him to being a terrible uh, creature. But in this movie, the revelation that he is evil is meant to be like, whoa, oh my gosh, when in yeah. fact he's already been a dick throughout all the series. So. Also, <laughs> at the end of the movie, he literally has the line, uh, I vow I will never betray you again. Which is like, oh, th- thanks. I guess uh, I guess yeah. we believe you now. <laughs> Until the script demands it. Yeah. But, yeah. The, you know, the opportunity to... Uh, I, don't, I don't do impressions... But I do a good Optimus Prime. Yeah, it's and pretty I feel good. Like the, I feel like the, you know, there's only five of these movies. We almost didn't do this. I feel like I, I need to do my Optimus Prime. Yeah, this might All be right. the last chance you have. Let's do it. <laughs> Autobots, roll out! <laughs> pretty good, right? Pretty I good, like yeah. It. Like the only impression I do. Anyway, nice. go ahead. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Uh, all right, anyway. Um, so, a TRF member and former Autobot ally, William Lennox, played by, what is it, uh, Paul Dumel? Is that... What is Josh? Josh, Josh Dumel, sorry. Dumel, yeah. uh, brokers, Josh. brokers a deal between the TRF and Megatron. I need to talk about this whole sequence. Releasing <laughs> from their custody yeah. a squad of Decepticons who will help Megatron recover the talisman this from Jaeger. This is the funniest and best sequence <laughs> of the entire movie. So, like, they, they, they meet Megatron in the desert. They have these, like, little tables, and a bunch of lawyers <laughs> are at these little tables, and they're, like, looking over their files, and Megatron and Josh Dumel are going to like, well, who do you want? And then they just do – this is what I was saying. This is the sequence of the movie where they just kind of highlight all the racist robots. Like yep. Mohawk, super racist. Then one robot you see is like busted for robbery. And I was like, well, why is he even robbing banks? And they go, oh, he didn't even take the money. I'm like, then why are you doing it anyway? Like what, <laughs> to what end are you doing this? Like he robs banks but not for the money, just to rob them. Okay, weird. And then I got obs- – and then – one thing was a triple murderer, and I was like, triple murder seems a little low for Transformers. <laughs> like, don't they, like, bust through buildings? Like, that, they're put a, we'll put a lock, a GPS tracker on his leg. I'm like, a triple murderer, he should be like, he's yeah. fine, let him go. And then I got obsessed with the Transformer jails. I just love <laughs> there are, like, tons of Transformer jails, and then they're dealing, like, and they're all coming there. Are their Transformers are terrible, uh, jailers but i'm like who are they in there with other transformers yeah. or are they in there with like humans because if they're in there with humans that's the movie i want to see kind of like <laughs> the fast and furious movies i want to see that i want to see that escape movie with like schwarzenegger the robot and like stallone like whatever yeah. that is also that jail from face off the magnet jail like we need the transformers yeah. there so they can't move yeah like, clearly yeah they have magnetized feet or something like that yeah that's I how it know- works what was what was the plan of the military guys? What was what what were they doing? Letting them out exactly? They were going to let them out oh, so they could man. follow them. They they, follow they need out? to they need to get the talisman from Jaeger because apparently the talisman <laughs> holds the key to something. Yeah. Um, but also it is but also like they were not negotiating hard at all because they, they're <laughs> negotiating with a giant robot in the in the desert and he's like I want this one and they're like no and he's like yes and he's like, okay yeah you can. Have it. <laughs> Like they, they gave them everybody. Like there was no they, their negotiation was it was just a show. It, yeah, he got that's everybody exactly, he wanted. By the way, that's exactly how Jared Kushner's meeting with the Palestinians went this week. Oh <laughs> wow, topical. Same. Um, but but uh, no, that's not true, Paul. Come on, let's let's give them some credit. They yeah. did deny uh, the guy the most deadliest of the Decepticons. 
Uh, there's one scene where he's like, how, you know, Megatron's like, how about this guy? And they're like, no, I'm sorry, we can't do that. Yeah, one. there's one guy. So there's one dude yeah, that they, okay. they do decline. They're, so. We'll save him for the sequel. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, absolutely right that this is by far the best sequence in the entire movie because yeah. they make such a big deal naming all of these guys about it's such yes. a big deal that he's getting them out and assembling these crazy team. And they've all got stuff that we need to know about them and we literally never see them again. <laughs> we see yeah, them and then they die. They die yeah. like immediately. Yeah, so. like, like we never see them uh, do any of their special abilities in any way. Like none of them are memorable in the final battle There's whatsoever. no reason yeah. for any of them to be introduced <laughs> to us. Well, yeah. most like a five-minute break to introduce all, yeah, you introduce your, all this cast for no reason. It's By so way, crazy. We did jump over one section of the movie that uh-huh. I really think is great and this is the and this is where i'm totally honest that i kind of enjoyed cage Yeager back at his junkyard with gerard and the robots is that john goodman one of the robots yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah. steve it, buscemi yeah. steve is there too yeah. He's, oh, the, yeah he's the robot that looks exactly like john goodman, john goodman yeah. <laughs> yeah um and I, if you're in la there's a there's like a car insurance thing called like the general he looks a little bit like the general too <laughs> yeah. um so like uh but that like that sequence, I really enjoyed. Like I enjoyed the dinosaur robot eating the the car, and he was like, "Hey, put that down, man! Hey, hey, put that down!" You know, like, and I just like you can't control them, and everybody's you know having a good time in this junkyard. There's something about that version of the movie that I right. really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, it, they, they, like it could, it could have been a very and, different different movie. Yeah, yeah, it just seemed like it it just had like a, a lighter energy to it. But I guess every Transformers movie has to be about the end of the world and like a zillion robots have to come in. But I think that this movie was at least good in the sense that not a zillion robots come in all the way because it's like until the end. I just like it. I like it when it's a little bit more one on one and you can like track the action a little bit better. There's like a nice like uh, quiet indie drama we can make about the (laughs) edges of this Transformers universe, I think. Well, just wait. wait. That might be what the next movie is. Travis Knight (laughs) is directing – the new Bumblebee spinoff to come out in 2018. I turned uh, down auditioning for that movie. I was like, oh, like you come in for this? I was like, no. Oh, I was like, wow. I cannot it's audition best for Transformer. Transformer, though. Like, that would be the movie to go yeah, for. Travis, think- Travis Knight, man. Travis Knight, talented dude. So maybe it uh, might be maybe, good. Maybe. Maybe. I don't great. know. I but know. yeah, you probably you probably dodged a bullet, Paul. You I know. I was, I was like, I can't. I, you know what it was? Is like, in, in good conscience, I could never be like, this is a franchise that I shit on, and I've literally blocked it on my Twitter. I can't go in and be like, yeah, I would love to be involved in this universe. Cool. All right. Bumblebee. Yeah. Like I, would, I, I have like, I have not much respect for myself, but I have a little bit of respect. Oh, I have to hold it there. In fact, they, they could have been asking you to audition for them all along through Twitter. You just would never have known. <laughs> So uh, the Decepticons hunt Jaeger to his junkyard hideout in South Dakota, where he and many of the sur- surviving Transformers are holed up. During the chaos of the ensuing battle, Jaeger is approached by Cogman, the Transformer envoy of British Lord Sir Edmund Burton, <laughs> who takes <laughs> him and Bumblebee to England to meet his master. I literally don't remember this scene at all. Cogman is, is Cogman? Oh, what is Cogman? Cogman is so good. Cogman's C-3PO, and he yeah. calls it out. He goes, oh, yeah, I'm C-3PO. I'm like, yeah, you- <laughs> 
that's how like dumb this script is. It's like, <laughs> hey, let's just make him be like, we'll make a C-3PO. And then they're like, uh, it's too C-3PO. Well, it's not if we just say he's like, <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, let's do it. He's C-3PO with a personality disorder. So yeah. it's yeah. also Wait, funny no. at times. Yeah. He's, he's C-3PO, but with uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes, like Benedict Cumberbatch personality. Right? <laughs> hey, guys, I would say more like Patrick Bateman, American Psycho personality. <laughs> he is he, a like, runs across the room and tries to like, choke him out. He chokes <laughs> out Mark Hard. But, but you guys saying he's C-3PO is not an answer to the question of what the <laughs> fuck is he? Like, is he a transformer? Is he some kind of crazy? No, what? I think he's a robot butler. But how? He, but he is a transformer. He's a transformer robot butler okay. who's been helping the Witwicken order for hundreds of years. But uh, so, but he doesn't transform into anything though, right? Like, I mean, he transforms into kicking your ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, really all he does. In, in England, Kate Yeager also meets Vivian Wembley, an Oxford professor who Burton has had the Autobot Wait, hot rod also, kidnap. Were you guys confused like, when, <laughs> when, the, and when the robot butler took Kate Yeager to, uh, to the uh-huh. UK? I was like, did everyone go? I thought Gerard and the kid went. And then, yeah. oh, I guess they stayed behind. Yeah, I, I, yeah. And then like, no, they're like, the movie, like this the giant guy? plane can only fit one human. <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah and, it's like, and by the way, he's in like an old school, like it's like an old 1940s like bomber plane <laughs> that must have taken days to get to the UK from the bottom. <laughs> like it was not a, it was not a short flight. It was a terrible, painful flight. And yeah. you yeah. see like Mark Wahlberg in the window, like peeking out the window, like looking at the cliffs of Dover, like cool. Yeah, and and so no, those those two main characters that we've now invested in and and liked and, and have the relationship. <laughs> yeah as an audience they now take over an hour break for the movie yeah. <laughs> we go do some other shit over here in england for some reason well oh, that's man. the thing they keep on setting up cool characters and they're just <laughs> going bye see you later bye <laughs> they just have too much money that. it's too much like unlimited film time i guess too uh before we get too deep into england though i do want to like we brought this up before the uh decepticon plan nothing about that made sense right they knew where Kate yeager was and they sent the Decepticons to negotiate or to find me. Like, yeah. just go, go there, Josh, Josh Demel, and like you worked with them and just like have a talk. But no, we'll send the worst robots. Like all the robots are illegal. Uh, we'll send uh, yeah, the, the uh, Megatron, who by the way has tried to uh, exterminate humanity on multiple occasions <laughs> at this point. Uh, let's work with that guy. Let's work, Let's with, work yeah, with that he's guy. He's definitely going to give us the thing that everybody wants. Uh, idiots. Um, <laughs> oh by my the god. Way, do, uh, yeah. It feels like some of these uh, – well, yeah, I'm, like, I can't there, get into the logic of how so much... do these robots get because sometimes I feel like <laughs> these robots are taking a lot of hits and they get no damage. And then other times like one hit and they're like, oh, Canopy's dead. I'm like, wait, how – I don't understand the level of damage on these robots uh, when they die and when also, they Also, when Canopy dies, uh, I like how Isabella says – uh, oh, like that was the only family I had. Meanwhile, the other robot is like sitting right next to her. <laughs> squeak, <laughs> squeak is like, okay, I guess uh, our Poor relationship squeak. was what I thought it was. Um, <laughs> anyway, did we, we already pass by the, the sequence with Bumblebee like disassembling himself and reassembling himself? We did himself. pass that. Oh, we did pass that, yeah. That was actually kind of cool. Shots. Yeah, well, it was it was actually kind of cool the way he like took down the, that military force with his arm. I didn't know Transformers had that kind of functionality. It's new. Which is, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like Iron but Man, it, Iron Man uh, functionality, like with the parts that can like pull themselves yeah. together. Yeah, he's autonomous <laughs> well, now, in various parts, but but it was a cool sequence. Yeah, that was the one cool yeah. sequence from the film, other I, than the Connor. I'm saying like that 
that part of the movie up until like I even go until until like they get I enjoyed the stuff with Anthony Hopkins. Like I was enjoying all of this. Like I was like, this is not bad. But um <laughs> I was gonna oh I had a question about Bumblebee. Oh, when they go, Oh, we gotta get you your real voice, but we've never heard his real voice, right? That, so that's is the that thing. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. He's never had so his real he, voice. So when he like put in that thing, so like would he talk like I am also talking like that? Would he also have that kind of a voice? Like because it's like why would he rip out why would he I would think yeah. to take the voice box that he had was a fine upgrade instead of talking in movie clips and, and music cues. <laughs> like I would have been like, well, I'll take this for now and we'll continue the work on finding my voice box. Like, like, I'm not going to just get rid of this wholesale because this actually allows me to communicate with my voice, like with a voice. Yeah, I'm actually That's able so true. to do He's like, something. No, I don't want to sound like a chick. Fuck yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, boy. But that's half his character, right? It's just movie clips, right? And sound sound bites. So so great. Before we go on too far, I also just want to throw a quick shout out to Glenn Morshower, Aaron Pierce from 24, who is still in the series after being killed off in the first movie. What? As a general, yeah. So, so that char- his character, Glenn Marshall's character, was killed off in the first film of Transformers. Reappears in this movie with no character. explanation. But this he's, character is he's, General Morshauer. They didn't even change his name. Yeah, his character's name is General Morsh- Morshauer, played by actor Glenn Morshauer. So they just it's the same, <laughs> the same actor, same name, no explanation as to why he's here again. That that is that is. <laughs> that is Transformers in a nutshell, right there. That is really all you need to. There's know. a lot I of laziness. To be the last team. I will tell you that my my friend, I, I uh, back when I first started doing like acting stuff, I did this commercial shoot with a, an actor, and he was shooting Bad Boys Two, and they were looking for extras that could drive like SUVs or Hummers or something like that, and could do stunts. And this guy was like, yeah, I have a Hummer. I'll do the stunt. And he wasn't really a stunt driver. And it's that big bridge sequence, you know, um, in the movie. And Michael Bay was like, I like you. You're in the rest of the movie. And then the guy, this guy went from being an extra who got like a a casting call that was like, we need someone who can bring their own Hummer to now being a main character. Like In the end, when they attack that guy's like house, like he's one of the five guys. So I think that's the way Michael Bay works. Like, I like you. The character's named you. Yeah. You're the character. Let's go. Yeah. That's totally how he works. He found Megan Fox, I believe, as an extra in like one of the oh, party yeah. sequences in Bad Boys 2. And it's like, oh, you're going to be in the next movie for sure. <laughs> and, I, I, yeah. I, I don't want to plug my own thing at all. But I do, I do want to direct you guys to the thing that I did do with Michael Bay because it's so <laughs> dumb. And we got him to be – we got him to be fun – First of all, when I met Michael Bay, and I have nothing bad to say about the man because he was <laughs> lovely, but I walked into his complex. He has a car with gullwing doors, and someone was vacuuming his dog. That was the first <laughs> two things that, sounds that right. I saw. That sounds about right. And then yeah. when I met him, he was wearing an American flag T-shirt, and we went in, and we shot this bit. And the bit was um, my friend Rob and I are the uh, preeminent like people of CG. Uh, we're the best CGI actors. So, like... Andy Serkis could create these amazing characters like the monkey and, and, uh, and all these amazing things. But Rob and I created objects. So like <laughs> we were like the gun in Transformers. And we had Michael Bay like give a testimonial to us being the gun. And we did this whole thing. And he was really great in it. Uh, 
But it's I'm gonna I'll put the link on the uh, yeah. On the uh, what's the name of the video, Paul? I can. Um, link I'm to gonna f- I'm gonna find it out. It's on Funny or all Die. Right. I've forgotten the name, but we'll, yeah, we'll link think... to the show notes. We'll link to the show notes. Um, yeah. So all right, let's press on. We're about halfway through all the plot right. of this movie, guys. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Bert, so Jaeger meets Vivian Wembley, an Oxford professor who Burton has had the Autobot Hot Rod kidnapped. Hot Rod is the guy who acts like Pepe Le Pew, by the way. Yes. Uh, Burton then explains he is the last living member of the Witwicken Order. That sounds ancient, familiar. Uh, an ancient yeah. brotherhood dedicated to guarding the secret history of Transformers on Earth. Vivian, Burton reveals, is the last descendant of Merlin and must find and use his staff to prevent the impending destruction of Earth by Cybertron. So let's take a pause here. Yeah, let's pause. At yeah. some point in the sequence, <laughs> we pan through like the other members of the Witwicken Order, including Sam Witwicky, the star of the first three Transformers movies, who's apparently dead now. He was killed off screen, guys. You yeah. think he's dead. Something. Why do you think he's dead? I think he just is like, he was like, you know what? I can't do this order anymore. I got to get out of this. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't get him being dead either. Well, well, well he, he says he's the last, the last living, living member of the Witwicken order. Oh, yeah. that would make sense then. Uh, <laughs> so the, he's the last living member, and uh, Sam Witwicky was a member of the Witwicken order. Right. He knows um, how to fight Transformers. If, we, if the Earth was on the line again, you'd figure you'd go to the guy who has the experience too. Uh, but I thought that was just hilarious. Like, also, I was gone. Uh, I did not see this, but apparently uh, Stephen Hawking is in the Wiccan Order yes. uh, as well. And yeah, oh, uh, the, they also anybody. they also helped Harry out Tubman. the Harry Tubman, right? Like uh, tra- Transformers helped establish that. the Underground Railroad, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. So slavery was okay. It was I a guess. railroad like, that transformed into a robot. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, oh, apparently. <laughs> So uh, a lot of stuff we're finding out about Transformers. There's so much going on here. And one thing about uh, this new scientist, too, like, it's like a woman can't be in a Michael Bay movie without being totally sexed up, too, right? She's super smart. She's an Oxford professor. She's, like, a genius on all these levels. But every scene, they have to dress But she's wearing a dress that shows her bra. There's something so interesting about this because I just saw Wonder Woman. I was a little bit late on that um, just because I wanted to see it with my wife. And we were were seeing it. And... uh, and it's so funny because I think in that movie, she is not sexualized at all. Like, she is beautiful, obviously, but she's not sexualized. In this movie, seeing them back to back, I was like, all this woman is, is sexualized. Like, it's, yeah. it was, it's crazy. It's, it, even like the, the first time that you see her, it's like they're making some joke about BBW or something like that. Like, yeah, you know, like her, her dating or whatever it is. It's like yeah. it doesn't even. It's like uh, this is right. Yeah. K. K. Yeager refers to her dress as a stripper dress. I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was a stripper song. dress. Her mom oh. is making fun of her for not being able to get a man. This is also a movie though where Mark Wahlberg apparently can't have sex with anybody or has had trouble having. Like it's this is very weird. This is just like Michael Bay universe where these are normal looking people with uh, with typical problems. I guess. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like yeah, like I feel like they're like. In the real world, right? Cade Yeager probably would be like, oh, you know, like well, I'm making my things, you know, and and you know, and, and, you know, and, and he speaks like Borat apparently. My wife, my transformer, uh, my transformer, uh, and uh, and yeah, and like, but yeah, but it's it, but it's Mark Wahlberg who looks like he doesn't even he looks like the, the most like I guess like sexy like whatever you would describe yeah. sexy is like like windblown like. The dirt perfectly kind of placed in his face. By the way, I did read an article with Gerard uh, that said that Michael, Mark, that uh, Michael Bay would come up to actors and put dirt on their face to make it look more realistic. <laughs> nice. I love love that. I love Michael Bay. 
I love it. Insane what's going on there. He's yeah. like a kid in a candy store, but that's all these movies, and this is what the fifth one. Yeah. I yeah, man, yeah. He, you know what he is? He's not a kid in a candy store. He's a. I'm not saying this about his age. He's a kid who used to be a kid in a candy store, and now he's just a really fat adult who has diabetes. And it's like, ah, oh, more. Yeah. Like, and all the money in the world. Like, he can buy whatever he wants, and yeah. anything can happen. In he's his Charlie, who grew up in the chocolate factory, <laughs> and now he's <laughs> like, himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fleeing the TRF, Jaeger and Wembley follow clues left by the latter's father that lead them, Bumblebee, and Cogman to take the submarine HMS Alliance into oh, the sea. I have to say, I have to say two more things here. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Because we got to say it's, I think it's the first time ever Anthony Hopkins has ever said the word dude. Because he does say the word dude. Um, does he call everyone a fat has, ass as well? Like he, he tells, he like I know he screams at, car, he, he screams right? at everyone to get out of the submarine and does it in a very rude way. I remember. But anyway. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah. But I, I, I like that Anthony Hopkins was like psyched. I'm sure Anthony Hopkins was psyched to say these lines because like he never, like, he's like the epitome of uh, of refined, you know, right. Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Oh, and we didn't talk about the subtleties of this movie. Like when they do, um, when they go back in time, it's in black and white, just so you get yeah. it. You know, it's like oh, <laughs> so you know. Right. that's not now. Yeah, also, I, I mean, I wish they'd gone all the way with that, Paul. Like the. Um... You know, the scene when uh, Bumblebee's taking out Nazis. I wish they'd shot that in, like, Super, yes! Super 8 or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Oh, and also, the other thing that we were established, too, that we didn't really get into as well is, there. all right, so when we know there are Transformer prisons, and we also know there is a Transformer retirement home. Like, these are robots with dementia. Like, that one World War II tank has, like, dementia, right? That's the thing when they go meet them. <laughs> right. like, like, they're like, so Anthony Hopkins runs uh, a Transformer's retirement home. What what I, what I love about that scene is the guy the, the tank transforms uh, and then like appears as a transformer for a second and then transforms back into the tank and then just stays as a tank for the entire rest of the scene. So like Anthony Hopkins like motions behind him. He's like, oh, you'll have to excuse him. He's like a little cranky today or whatever. And I just kept thinking to myself, like they obviously just left it as a tank to save money. But yeah. it just it just is like if if you didn't know if you didn't see the previous scene he would sound like an insane person. <laughs> like, he's just motioning back to this tank there like, "Oh, you'll have to excuse him." Like it's just, it's just it's such a weird scene. The pacing is so weird in this movie. Jeff, are you going to say something? Well, we were we'd gotten up to the to the submarine section and I thought, you know, this is a movie that takes the time to show us that Cogsman, Cogswell, what's his yeah, name? Cogman. Cogsman. Cogsman. Yeah. Uh, it takes the time to show him murdering fish <laughs> on the submarine in order to give them a nice dinner. It like it takes the time to show him like beating a fish to death, <laughs> just twirling <laughs> him around too, like very casually. Yeah. Well, I, I think my you know one of my favorite tweets about this movie was sent by Christopher Campbell at the Film Cynic on Twitter. He says, "Of all the things I can criticize with Transformers last night, I can't get over a character serving sashimi and calling it sushi." <laughs> Wait! Which, oh my gosh! I'm looking at my notes here. We there's a couple of things that we jumped over that are yeah. the se- the double entendre sex scene where they break back into the the mansion, Mark Wahlberg and the and the sexy scientist, and then they go uh, and 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 the and the the dotty old ladies are listening, and while oh, yeah. like shove it up your butt, and you go, oh, you're such a hoarder, and they raise their eyebrows like. Ooh, a hoarder! Like that's a sexual term. Like they were trying so hard to like shoehorn in 
sexual terms to assume where they're where <laughs> they're not doing anything sexual at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry, I'm sorry, Paul. I'm just like this. Wikipedia apparently just charges through some of the best yeah. parts of the I film. I can't apparently. believe we're yeah. skipping that scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean that scene was that scene was. I mean, this is where like the 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 classic comedy was. I mean, the whole like thing where they go uh, chase chased. Like that great, like who's on first bit that Mark Wahlberg did because it's like, oh yeah, oh are you chased? They're like, oh I'm being chased. No chased, like virgin chased. Well, there was, was there was great. legitimately uh, amusing part when Cogman is playing the organ, you know, and right. he's playing yeah. the music and crescendoing at the right moment. I actually thought that was probably was, the but one what clever movie. Thing. Is that from? Yeah, like that. Yeah, that's not exactly. exactly. Michael this Bay. Movie? Pure Michael Bay from his veins. You know? I mean, I think that's one of the weaknesses of this film, though, is the other mm-hmm. movies I, I thought were much more batshit insane than this film was. Like, really? in, in terms of just like, you, you, you just agree. wouldn't know what you would see. Robot testicles, robots peeing on people, <laughs> uh, racist okay. uh, stereotypes as like, you know, showing well, up. You're that like it's a bad thing. Yeah. Have we gotten used to it? And like, and now <laughs> is our mind now just like, well, yeah, like, when you first see something, it's insane. It's like we've like it's like it's like we've lived in the Midwest and we went to New York City. And we're like, oh my god, these buildings! But now we've lived there for ten yeah. years. And we're like, yeah, the buildings, whatever. Well, yeah, I guess what I'm saying, I'm saying is like, e- even if I uh, didn't like those movies, I thought many of them were terrible. I admired the audacity of it, like that they're just yeah. putting this. You just you don't know what offensive thing you're going to see next. And uh, this movie, I felt like, didn't even live up to that level of interestingness. You know, I, I don't know. I, I would say this movie constantly defied my expectations of how dumb it would go. So <laughs> fair enough. That, I, I don't know. I that opera that, singing scene was a oh, the opera scene. <laughs> that <laughs> opera singing scene. That's out of a Mel Brooks movie. Yeah, that's, a, that's like yes. Monty Python. Yeah. That, that is. Yeah. It's so it. We think it's uh, non diegetic music, and then it's diegetic music, right? It, it uh, that is. So, the con the the kind of comedic bit that that is mm-hmm. is so far away from anything the series has ever done. <laughs> it's just a weird place for the movie to just go for for two minutes, and that's it. And it never returns. <laughs> doesn't it feel like doesn't like, like this is like I, I guess my opinion about um, and maybe it's a larger point. Like all these movies are made for overseas, and I think China is like the big one that everyone's like, oh well, they they make a ton of money in China. Like what China, China, China. But it's like, and I think that maybe. What the only jokes that they can do that translate across, because comedy doesn't translate. Like, comedy doesn't, like, like, doesn't traditionally do well overseas. Like, American comedies don't do well overseas. So, I think the only jokes they can literally do are jokes like that, where it's like, I get that this is a joke. We are doing a joke. Like, you know what I mean? And that's why, like, you're getting, like, base level jokes, like Wayne's Brothers style jokes in this thing. It's like, like that's like you're right. That's a Mel Brooks scene. That is a full Mel Brooks scene. Man, now yeah. I want to see a Mel Brooks Transformers movie because that. Sounds- <laughs> oh my god! That I mean, amazing. you know, I actually think there's something to that. I, I think if this series, if like Bay, imagine an alternate universe where Bay had left after the first film, like, uh-huh. and different <laughs> yeah. directors had taken on the Transformers. Like, I feel like it would be a much different series that would probably be much superior. Like, imagine if there was a comedy Transformers or right. there was a you know heist movie Transformers. Like, it just I think it would have gone a lot better instead right, right, all of right. them feel very very similar it would have been uh, like well, I mean, lord and miller like, doing transformers yeah. come come on yeah <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe they're available now after last week <laughs> um, but, I mean, but, but then maybe but, that's what bumblebee will be because it's like bumblebee is going to be a very different tonally movie at least from what i've seen or heard of and <laughs> it's like and uh and i feel like that's 
maybe the new thing. But I think the thing that makes me laugh about, not laugh, but the thing that kind of blows my mind is Michael Bay is so invested in these movies and so invested in this mythology. Like, you could tell, like, this is like his avatar. Like, I really do believe this. Like, I do believe that he's like, you see what I'm doing here? Stephen Hawking. But Stephen Hawking's not dead, but he's on the Witwicky wall, so maybe <laughs> Sam Witwicky is alive. So we well, no, no, no. In this alternate universe, Stephen Hawking is dead. I think is the implication. <laughs> no, no, that's, <laughs> so no. There is the order, and then there is like the Witwicky line, oh, which okay, is two, oh, two yeah, things. okay. I see. I yeah. see what you're saying. Okay. All right. All right so, then, but I feel like, but that's what I think is so kind of where there is a little bit of joy in these movies is like. Michael Bay is like this mad scientist going, and the World War II, and Merlin, and the pyramids, and the moon, and, and everything. <laughs> and it's like, and then he just like, and he yells that all to a room full of talented writers and goes, write that. And then they have to like cram it in like, and, and put it all in one script. You know, and there, then there's like, a, there's a get version it. of that. That is actually really cool, though. If you if you take the 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 idea that transformers are robots in disguise, right? Yes. And and throughout history, there have been robots in disguise <laughs> doing shit. That would be a really interesting idea. But there's no part of these movies where they are ever in disguise. <laughs> no, yeah. they're fighting. That's the whole thing. Like it, like it's like it's like an episode of GI Joe the cartoon show. It's just like they're always they're always like in full battle like there's oh, never yeah. Most definitely. there's never any downtime on these and Decepticon like, like uh, what's his face like Megatron will always run away too like it, it yeah. is purely the TV show yeah uh, and, oh, I, and, and, and you know, also I have to feel like just again to do another checkbox here yep, uh, please. with this thing that's <laughs> like Fast and Furious checked off because to get to the submarine they just do a full on and you were saying that you didn't like the car chase in this but, but uh, they did at least attempt a solid car chase in the oh, middle yeah, they, of this movie. I yeah, dig it. For, and those little camera angles, like that is pure Michael Bay. Just like, let's, let's get the camera like physically on the road chasing yeah. after this car. There's a cool it's moment like, where, uh, where Mark Wahlberg like leans out against nothing, just the road uh, yeah. because the thing is like transforming around him. That was kind of neat. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Shot. yeah. But there are cool things. And I think actually the technology has gotten better in each of these movies to, make the fighting more interesting. I, I feel like a lot of the times in the beginning of CGI, especially in movies like this, it's you're you can't even pay attention about what's actually happening on screen. I, I know I felt like that like at the end of the third one when they're fighting in that downtown, I'm like, what who why don't even there's nothing for me to even connect with on these movies at all. Yeah. And I feel like now they like when they're done in these like little short sequences, I, I don't know, there were I found myself enjoying some of the robot action in this more than I did in any of the other movies until the last half hour when it mm-hmm. became that big cacophony of everything again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Bumblebee, Cogman, and Jaeger and Wembley take the submarine HMS Alliance into the sea to find the Cybertronian Knight's sunken ship in which they discover the tomb of Merlin and the staff. Wembley Hold active- on, we got to just stop and go that Mark yep. Wahlberg also in, that, in this movie inexplicably <laughs> wears an HMS wife beater shirt like there's like these like these um these like, these undershirts that are branded by the submarine which is a museum piece at this point because <laughs> like, they basically took a museum piece off of its moorings which i guess is a transformer and now they're swimming with it but he like is going through like it is yeah. as if 
he went through like the cruise like drawers and found a shirt. <laughs> yeah, this is a decommissioned museum piece. There's yeah. a gift search. It's clearly a gift shop. I wish, <laughs> yeah. it, but yeah. I wish it was like I went to the HMS. What am I gonna call it? And all I got was this stinking shirt. <laughs> oh <laughs> man! Like that, you know? Yes. Uh, and that's the only way they could have gotten there. Like we, <laughs> we have other yeah. technology now. Uh, what I love about the tomb scene is that Mark Wahlberg opens, like they open the tomb. He sees the staff and he's like, what the fuck is this? And throws it away <laughs> because that's the key plot point. He's not like, huh, maybe there's yeah. like a secret to this because you're the only person who can hold it, lady. And he just throws it away. And like eventually somebody else, she picks it up later. Like after there's, all the comments of that scene. There are two things also. We, I, first of all, I just want to go around and see where you guys thought. Did you think when he opened that tomb that Merlin would be alive? I did. Oh, I no, thought no. I was like, "Oh yeah, he'll be alive in there." Yeah. No. Well, like, I yeah. Didn't... You, where's uh, Where's old Stanley Tucci? He's only got like five minutes of movie here. I, I wanted more Tucci. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought like, he was gonna like Tucci. pop up was... out of the thing. I, <laughs> I, I, I feel like this movie would be fine. And then the minute they open up that thing, Mark Wahlberg's like this ugly great great granddad. Like he insults the corpse of Merlin, <laughs> who. Is doing nothing but just being a corpse. Like that's it. Like, like let the corpse be a corpse. Like, yeah. save your insults. It's like bro. a beautiful human being. Like, man, is this gonna happen to me someday? Yeah. Man, <laughs> it's like I didn't come here for nothing. He throws that stab me. Like I didn't come here for nothing. It's like, when did you become like this petulant child? Like. Like, well, like, he's, like, mad. Like, I was like, all right, give him some Cheerios. Yeah. Let him calm down over here. <laughs> Don't investigate the staff, by the way. The whole, like, the whole reason you're there is to grab the thing that Merlin's They're holding. more than Let's... meets the eye. That's been their oh name. God, more dude. than meets the eye. <laughs> Wembley activates the staff, and the ship rises to the surface. The TRF... Because the staff does what, exactly? Uh, not Energy. Sure. Energy. Energy. It has, it has the power of magic. By the way, this is... Yeah. I wrote I wrote here, I go, I zoned out for a second, and I'm completely <laughs> lost. Like, I was watching this movie, and I was like, what's happening? I, 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 felt like, I felt like 40 minutes had passed when I had just breathed, like, well, when I just... Started thinking about the time wasted in this theater. <laughs> I think that, that's a totally legitimate point. Actually, this is when it really started. I really started to feel it acutely. Is that yes. uh, yeah. there are no Michael Bay no longer directs scenes. He directs moments. Yeah. And, and and what I mean by that is there's no. And here's another separate point: is that there's no transition between things. Right. So right. Yeah. For, for instance, for instance, in this scene, the uh, whole thing, like the whole ship, fills up with water, right? Yeah. And uh, Mark Wahlberg and Wembley, well, Mark, uh, Kate Yeager and Wembley, they need to like climb this massive ladder to get up above the ship so they don't drown. In any other movie, that would have been like a massive set piece. By the way, uh, Rob Cohen made a, an entire movie off just that idea. Yes. It's called Daylight. It's so um, good. But, uh, it. yeah. but in any other movie, that would be, you know, like if J.J. Abrams was directing this movie, that would have been like a whole five to ten minute set piece of them just trying to get out of this, drown- like, this drowning right. ship. Uh, Literally five seconds of this movie. Yeah, you're right about <laughs> like, that, Dave. Like, they, there's a flashback to like World War II, right? Like, oh, the Transformers were helping fight the Nazis, right? Thirty seconds, a whole new set, tons of explosions for like maybe thirty seconds. Yeah, of maybe thirty seconds, yeah. and then smash cut back to what we were already doing before. It's just, it's just there's no transitions, right? It's uh, this thing happens, this thing happens. They're here, they're here, they're here. You know, it's just no transitions. Uh, and yeah. I felt it very acutely when they're getting out of the ship, and all of a sudden. Now Mark Wahlberg is taking his sword out. And, yeah, you know, a giant sword, right? Yeah, it was a yeah, giant. Yeah. So anyway, um, the TRF arrives to confront the group. Several knights awaken and attack them. The attack is cut short by the arrival of mind-controlled Optimus, 
who, by the way, was not in the movie until this point, other than that right. opening scene. That's the um, most insane part. We're like two hours into this movie. But, yeah. but Jeff, who, who goes to a Transformers movie to see Optimus Prime? Like, well, the I mean, funniest really? thing was, do you remember, do you remember how much we, we uh, criticized, what was it, Extinction? Was it Age of, what is it called? The last Transformers, one? The last Age of one? Extinction. Age yeah. of Extinction. Okay. Remember how much we criticized that because all of the marketing materials was Optimus Prime on the back of a dinosaur. Mm -hmm. And the dinosaur shows up literally in the last 10 minutes of this three-hour movie. Yeah. Right? And all the marketing materials are like, there's an Optimus is on a dinosaur. And it's like, no, three hours later, Optimus is on a dinosaur. They do the same thing, but they just take Optimus out. It's just, the only character that you can name or give a shit about other than Bumblebee is not in this movie until – two hours into it <laughs> and then he's he just shows up out of nowhere into the submarine like how how did he get that to the submarine he was, on, <laughs> so he was on megatron he was on the planet right and they were hurtling toward earth at i guess totally speeds that don't yeah. make sense yeah <laughs> so he yeah. somehow got off the uh, got off got cybertron off yeah, and then flew everything. to Earth under the water and showed up there, I guess. And when they're, when they're about to die, I, I don't know why I wrote this down, but maybe you guys will remember. Uh, I wrote – there's a quote. Um, you were by far the coolest. Is that when they were about to die that, like, Wahlberg said that to the scientists? No, I think that's um, – so what happens is I think uh, here – um, the attack is cut short by the arrival, uh, uh, arrival of mind-controlled Optimus, now dubbed Nemesis Prime. But fortunately, when the normally mute Bumblebee is finally able to speak, the sound of his voice is enough to break Prime free of Quintess's control. I have so, to say, that's a great moment. It, yeah. it, it's a pretty yeah. cool moment, except, yeah. uh, so does Bumblebee just, like, grow a voice thingy? Is that it's stunt the power of love, Dave. The Do we know who played his voice? Is that stunt casting in any way? Uh, was that you, Paul? Were you the voice? That <laughs> was me. I was in there. You were by far the coolest. So I think cool, that's man. I think that's what Bumblebee says, right? If I'm, if I'm uh -huh. not mistaken. Oh, that would, okay, that's what he said. Okay, yeah, I think right. Bumblebee says you're by far the coolest. Um, a moment there's sort of a There's sort of a macro question that we've ignored up to this point also, <laughs> which is this Quintessa has been on this planet uh -huh. Presumably fucking around, not doing anything. Waiting, waiting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the the staff has been there for five movies worth, more than five movies worth since the jolly old England <laughs> Merlin times, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. been there forever. Hundreds what? of over, over a millennium, over four a millennium. movies of stuff happening on Earth, but yet this is the biggest weapon, I guess. <laughs> no one. She just decided now is the right. Well, day. she needed Optimus obviously to help out with that. You know, like she needed to wait so till Optimus she went has back. Been sitting there it going, doesn't Man. make sense. <laughs> and I hope Optimus gets curious about who his creator is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, he a prime is broken free of Quintessa's control. A moment later. Megatron arrives to steal the staff. He, too, has been working for Quintessa all along. Who could have thought? <laughs> As Megatron flees with his prize, the knights attack Optimus for his betrayal. But Jaeger, whose talisman becomes the Excalibur sword, stops the fight. Realizing I he like is... Movie, I feel like this whole movie is written by, like, this is how it's like they're in that room, and they're like, all right, so... I guess Optimus comes back. Uh, all right, and then what happens? And then someone... Like in the back, half-heartedly, is like, I don't know. Then you find out Megatron's working for her too. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. Sure, I feel like sure. the whole plot's written like that. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess that. Yeah, that could work. Uh, yeah, does that work? Yeah. Like it's, it's like it's first idea, and it's not even a passion idea. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Then then 
Yeah, Bumblebee talks, and then he's like, cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 that works. Yeah, I think that works. It's like, definitely it's very like, first so, draft. Paul, you're imagining yeah. them being in a room. I'm imagining, like, a hot tub, and they're just surrounded <laughs> by cocktails. And somebody's no, just, I'm like, writing down all the ideas they're throwing out I'm there. I'm imagining That's... Michael Bay in the hot tub, a bunch of writers in a room, him calling from the hot tub, going, what do you got for me? And then they go, oh, this cool idea about this. Like, no, more, more Game of Thrones. Play. And then it goes back to, like, having sex with, like, a bunch of women. <laughs> more Game of Thrones. I've been watching it. It's hot. It's hot. It's really hot. Uh, uh, so anyway, Jaeger, whose talisman becomes the Excalibur sword, stops the fight, realizing he is the last knight. The knights yield to Jaeger, who urges Optimus to protect Earth once more. We're almost at the end, guys. So he's the last knight because the talisman chose him. Yeah, uh-huh. I guess. And I mean, the talisman he, chose him because he was near it. He was near. He was near crotch. the ship. He was his near. Crotch was a good fit for <laughs> the next night. So oh, yeah. God. And, and, and the by talisman- the way, and, and the other thing I want to. Talk about too like, that, that little girl comes back, uh, his like his mm-hmm. daughter by proxy in this big final fight scene. Right, who, who he refers and, to as J Lo because she's Hispanic. But yes, mm-hmm. yeah, which is totally great. <laughs> and this is really a uh, really classy way to do that. Uh, and so, uh, um, so Harry, right, this so her robot, her bumblebee is a Vespa robot, right? It's like a little Vespa that can't transform into a Vespa. Is that, that's like his Achilles heel, I guess. Yes, and she looks at him. And says this line, you are small and ugly. No one will see you coming. And I'm like, <laughs> this is like, well, this is your thing. This is like your pet. Like, yeah. that's your pep talk. That's her motivational line. Yeah. To be it's fair, to be fair, ugly. that's what my best friend pumped me up with when I was about to go speed dating. So, small <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> and ugly. No one will see you coming. <laughs> that's it's right. not like, what if it's like, you're small and you're smart and you'll you'll get him by surprise like you're small and ugly like i like i like as a i don't know i just thought that that was like sent a really bad message it's yeah. like that's your i, I don't know i really love yeah. the bad taste in my mouth yeah you know, to, to your point about it being a mashup of everything that's hot right now uh in the chat Corey gross points out that this is ray and bb8 that's what that's what that yeah. element yeah oh you're totally is. right yeah good job Corey. Uh, Megatron delivers the staff to Quintessa, who begins draining the life force of Earth slash Unicron via Stonehenge. Oh my God. <laughs> that was a yeah. series of words of I just said. Yep. <laughs> because that's a British thing. Where it's a British, give me a British thing. Is it, is it old? Let's put it in the movie. Stonehenge. No one ever knew. Transformers. Nailed it. Anyway, lunch. Where are we going? <laughs> when the military intervenes. Chipotle, everybody? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Megatron shoots Burton, who dies with Cogman at his side. Using a ship procured by the Autobot Day Trader. Apparently, there's an Autobot. No, that's Day where Trader. the line "You're the coolest" is. Cogsman says, "Yes, to, oh, yeah, yes, yeah. that's can... right. You're totally right because that's that's. I'm glad you said that. Because Sorry, yeah. That's why it was. That's why I wrote it down because that's why it was so weird. Yeah, <laughs> he says, you were always the coolest of all the Wiki Clan. I served them all, and you. And then it like cuts to this grand vista shot, and he goes, "You were the coolest." Such a weird. By the way. He didn't serve them all because he wasn't in those first three movies with uh, with uh, Sam Sam Witwicky. Yeah, he's like the illegitimate Witwicky, I guess. Even though his name is actually Witwicky. Also, I guess his parents died too. Yeah, like his entire family. His parents wiped out. Yeah. Yeah. When the military intervenes, Megatron shoots Burton. Oh, I already said that. Using a ship procured by the Autobot Day Trader, the Autobots arrive to join the fight, landing on Cybertron and battling against the Decepticons in Quintessa's 
Infernocons. I didn't even know that was the name. Optimus okay. and his Autobots, backed by the knights in their dragon form. Can I just say, when you're describing this plot, it feels to me like I'm trying to climb up an ice mountain. I'm like, <laughs> I can't find any solid ground. Like, you're saying words, I'm hearing it. I'm like, Autobot Day Trader? What? I don't even <laughs> yes. know what that is. Infernocons. I, I didn't even know that, those were things. There's an amazing scene uh, right around this time in the plot where uh, you know Isabella shows up and uh, with Squeak. And Mark Wahlberg says, you guys are here. You got my message. Uh, guys, he never sent a message in this movie. <laughs> that never happened. Anyway, oh sorry, Jeff, go ahead. <laughs> well, uh, he does call his daughter a couple of times for some reason. Um, He's not calling him back. Yeah. Uh, the, the, this really pissed me off because I – and I know I've brought this up several times now. But I thought I had a real handle on what that fucking staff did. And, <laughs> and uh, I thought it was involving, you know, bringing the cool dragon, the three-headed dragon around. But then when we see Optimus just show up with the dragon without the staff, <laughs> I was so pissed off because I was like, what did the no. staff do back in medieval times other than right. bring the dragon out. That's the, what the staff was just oh like super God. powerful magical stuff. The dragon was all the knights united together, like transformed together, Voltron style, to create yeah. the uh, the dragon. Yeah, which is, which is what Mark Wahlberg did because he's the last knight. Remember yeah. that? I, well, I yeah, didn't earlier. really need to get the staff if the dragon was good. The dragon wins the fight. <laughs> The staff, the, staff, the staff is the key to draining the energy from Earth yeah. and putting it into Cybertron. That's yeah. that's that's the whole. That's so actually yeah, minutes, pretty waste. The beginning ten minutes is <laughs> Tucci has to go and and use his power of drunken persuasion to get the staff. That's mm-hmm. what he does, and then he returns and he's on the horse, and there's cool lighting behind him, and he holds the staff up, and then the dragon comes and wins the fight for everybody. But if the dragon just could have fucking won the fight for him without getting the staff, what did Merlin do? He didn't do shit. Well, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe the staff was incidental. And Although the, the, the Transformer they, had to, gave him... they had to pick up the staff to wake up the, uh, the those other knights. Though, yeah, right? yeah, maybe, maybe the staff was thing. completely incidental. And it's just like, hey, by the way, Stanley Tucci, I also have this staff. You better hold on way, to this because otherwise... By the way, we should the, we'll let the audience know, Stanley <laughs> Tucci is not in this movie. He was in the last movie. Because uh, I just looked on Wikipedia. There's just a guy who looks like Stanley Tucci in this movie. Paul no, Anderson. that's got to be that's, that's Stanley that's Tucci. Him. That's Stanley Tucci. No. Yep. Yes. Wait, so he's, he's Look, Merlin he's in the credit. and the guy... Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. They, they, no. they, he, Michael Bay, Glenn Morshard, Stanley Tucci in this film. <laughs> Wait a second. Now, now, hold on a second. This yep. is blowing my mind. That was Tucci. Yes. yes oh a, yeah. It was in a beard. Um, wow. So wait, 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 wait a minute. Not only does does Merlin oh, have to get, get that <laughs> Tucci Merlin, <laughs> it was like a guy who just looked like Stanley Tucci. It's like, of course, it's not him. <laughs> wow. So so okay. Tucci Merlin, Tucci Merlin gets gets the staff, <laughs> but it's so important that whoever he gets it from, which by the way is. Conveniently framed out in that entire sequence, so we don't know. <laughs> yet. Which we, we assume will be a reveal at some point, but n- never is. Yep. <laughs> uh, but it's so important that Tucci Merlin gets the staff that they can print his DNA on it, so that yeah. only his descendant can be- use it. But yeah. he doesn't use it. 
Guys, I'm still freaked out that Stanley Tucci <laughs> has deadwooded these franchises where he's played two different hey, characters in an he is making bank from these movies. Like, oh, you killed me before? Don't worry. I'm good. Let's just keep I'll come going. Back. Joshua Joyce is dead. Long live Merlin. I can't <laughs> wait to see who he comes back in as the next one. <laughs> wow. Like, like More shower as a verb. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, c- come on, Paul. I mean, like, if you were given the opportunity to be in a sequel, right? But in, in, oh, in, yeah. after you'd already died. You know, I, like, by the way, it's funny that you say that because in that movie I did, Piranha. Yeah, Piranha. I was going to say was, Piranha. Didn't that happen? Killed. Yeah, it was killed, and then they ran out of money to do the CGI, and then they brought me back for the sequel. Like, yeah, that, yeah. My character does disappear and is dead. <laughs> like, and then, but it's like, oh yeah, no, he lived, and I was fine. <laughs> oh, oh, because because so that basically to clear it up, right? They shot your death scene for Piranha, yes. the the Alex yeah, Aja one, one yeah. but then but then they ran out of money to actually show the death scene. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. To complete the CGI. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Greg Nicotero did this amazing nose on me that was like fully ripped off my face. It looked awesome. But I guess you know I had a rubber fish in my hand and I put it up to my nose. It was already just totally destroyed. And you know, so like there had to be a couple little things that were put together. Right. And uh, yeah, they never. So they did. didn't do it. So then you this theoretically is... survived Piranha One. Yeah. This has got to be the I... first the first time in cinema history that <laughs> running out of money got an actor more work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so so they they Paul Sheard Stanley Tucci in this movie. Uh, well, they he, brought him but back, no, but he he didn't come back as the same character. I came back. Like, yeah, this that's is what I'm true. Saying. He dead yeah. he because like what's yeah. that guy who came back as two different characters? Yeah, yeah. that's more impressive. But Glenn Morshar too in this movie. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So anyway, uh, also here, uh, Jeff Quintessa really needs the staff to deplete Earth of its resources. So I it's, understand. Gonna, it's the key. You, you keep oh, explaining. I we're still talking. <laughs> You keep explaining why instead of what. Uh, so Optimus and his Autobots, backed by the knights in their dragon form, vanquish their many foes. Optimus <laughs> defeats Megatron while Bumblebee appears to slay Quintessa. Wembley removes a staff, stopping Cybertron's destruction of Earth, but leaving the two planets connected. <laughs> Optimus declares that humans and Transformers must work together to rebuild their worlds and sends a message calling any surviving Autobots to come home. Earth, by the way, is completely way, fucked at this point. Yeah, right? yeah, we're and fucked. Like, yeah. Our, Earth is, this whole our title like forces, <laughs> our title forces are like irrevocably destroyed. Yeah. You know, and they like destroyed the moon too, right? To to create this thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And by the way, didn't oh, one man. Transformer say "fuck you"? I thought that was like one. Yeah, uh, the, one, like, the little ones was like Fuck That you. was actually Michael Bay to the audience. Uh, <laughs> uh, like you yeah. thought this well, was going right, to make it, sense, but well, no. well, like, and and if you even could follow what just happened. We got to talk about the post credit scene. Are we at yeah. the post credit yeah, scene? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Well, do, anything before post credits? Do we want to talk about? No, anything? because I don't even understand really what I saw in that section. <laughs> I, I do. I, I do yeah, think I we work. we should reiterate that the world is fucked. Like several yeah. several major, um, like the pyramids were destroyed. Well, what I what I love thing. what I love about this yeah. movie actually in in the one nod to continuity is <laughs> when you see the uh, Cybertron like destroy other aspects like for instance Mm -hmm. um cybertron destroys the moon and you see the ship that landed on the moon in dark of the moon um so that was pretty cool and then it destroys the pyramids and you see the pyramids like were heavily damaged from um 
Revenge of the Fallen. Yes. So I thought that was like a little clever Easter egg for those who actually paid attention during the first four films. I, we, I just um, hope we like, the next movie is all about global climate change because everything is <laughs> fucked now. Like they, every, everything, the way the world works is been destroyed. Well, Michael Bay strikes yeah. me as a really progressive guy, yes. so I'm sure that's yeah, going to yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we have <laughs> not we have not discussed. Uh, Paul's Veep co-star Tony Hale yet. Yeah, in a in a in a role that is just there to be science guy, I guess. And uh, I the, mean, it's yeah. The entire sequence where they where there's like science guy is just frustrated that nobody's listening to his science, and and the uh, military decides that you know it's like oh. We, we don't listen to fantasy and the movie like doesn't really give <laughs> take right. a side on science versus fantasy and what's real and what's not. Oh, no, it very, no, it very it's, much, it's, it's like very science much on the side of fa- yeah. yeah, science yeah. is like bad. His, yeah. his plan to knock over whatever tower that was failed to stop the the whole energy transfer and he he looked defeated yeah. and then the magic is what saved everything at the yeah, end. Yeah, they he needed was... to trust the uh transforming robots who were able yes. to take away the magic uh yes. spear. Uh, it was just staff. robots, it was uh it was beautiful scientists lady <laughs> who, who we had to trust related to merlin yeah right yeah. who who decides to selflessly run back when she could have easily escaped the plummeting thing that would uh-huh. destroy the entire planet obviously yeah um yeah. but she you know <laughs> takes takes the uh selfless road and and runs back toward it mm-hmm. uh and uh gets in there and actually all that zero g stuff that was happening in the middle there with pulling the staff out that was kind of cool yeah i like that there's I mean, look, that end. Uh, like, I, I don't know about that. There was a scene. There was this moment when Mark Wahlberg <laughs> flings uh, the the female scientist character towards the the. That's, the, that's the how it works, Dave. Don't everyone, worry. everyone in the audience broke out in laughter because of how terrible it looked. <laughs> like it, it just looked awful. By the um, way, we haven't even we you know not that we have to go and talk about. It. We haven't even talked about John Turturro's like little mini episode <laughs> in the middle of this movie. There's so many uh, things most that definitely. happen. He had Michael Bay send him on vacation, and he was like, send one camera guy, and I'm just going to do a couple scenes. Give me a day. I'll do them all. I just, think that I was... just wanted him to be his character from the night of, to be trying <laughs> Megatron at the end. Because, he's you know, he's look... looking for an eczema cure in, in yeah. Cuba, yeah. really, is what's happening. Not enough shots of his feet. Not yeah. enough. <laughs> so, post-credits, guys. I know this yeah. is what we've all been waiting for. In a, in a mid-credits scene, scientists inspect one of the horns of Unicron, which is extending out of the desert. Quintessa, who has survived and oh is disguised God. as a human. Wait a second, though. Can I just talk about this in a, in a, in a, in a way that said, like, when I was growing up, I, Transformers was not my thing. I was a He-Man guy. I was a binge, uh, so I don't, I don't have that backstory of Transformers. I did not know that Quintessa could turn into a human. So when I watched this sequence, I was like, is this a brand new character? Like, did, like, like, do you, did you know it right away that that's Quintessa? No. I, mean, I didn't know it. Sort of sounds like it. her, but it's a different actress too. I think than the. I voice. didn't know it until just right now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jeff, why would they have shown you that thing? You know, you got to set up the next movie. Like, no, I get know, that. I get the Unicron thing. Time. I did not get that. That was cont- uh, barefoot yeah, Quintessa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> barefoot Quintessa. Yeah. So she. She dies, but we all know that death in the Transformers universe is completely meaningless. Most definitely. Um, so uh, anyway, she d- she survives. She disguises a human, arrives, and offers them a way to destroy Unicron. So guys, <laughs> right. 
I don't know. I know this is going to blow your mind, but Earth is at stake again in the next Transformers movie. Oh, my God. Uh, I just want one movie, one simple Transformers movie that is running around, just having fun. Uh, <laughs> just having a good old time. Transformers Day Off, yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, uh, Brad Omen at SlashFilm.com uh, did a great job at running down what exactly was going on in the last night's credits. Uh, so I'm going to link to that in the show notes. I don't think it requires any more time on our part. Um, but he, he he does a pretty good job of explaining like what the what the fuck is actually happening there. So I will say sure. it. I, I said it, I've said it before, and I will say it again. I've seen this movie now, and I can liter- literally say the best Transformers is Transformers the Ride at Universal Studios. I love that ride. It is all that I want of Transformers. I can follow the plot. It's fun and it's great. And I honestly think Michael Bay directed that ride too. That is the pinnacle. Like nothing yeah. has gotten better than How long is it? Paul? Probably like 4 minutes max. Oh, wow. Man. That sounds good. That sounds amazing. That's my kind of Transformers. Um, I it really have you guys been on that ride? Have you been no. on it? No. No. Yeah. Legit, the be- I think it's the best. It's like it is a ride that I've gone on numerous times because I live out here and like and uh, can, you can go there a bunch. Uh, it's uh, you know because I'm an adult and I can do whatever I want. Uh, but no, but it's it's uh, it's a fun ride. It's a and and it, you feel like it, you get it. You get it. There's fights. There's rolling around. There's bumblebee. You're getting sprayed with water. It's the best version of it. I I would I would ride that. A million times, and so I hold nothing against Michael Bay for he created that great ride. Wow! So if just, these five movies oh, got man. it, I think it's very appropriate that our review of Transformers last night ends with an ode to the ride. Uh, ode to the ride, yeah. the five minutes, sweet, sweet, short ride. I will say, like as much as we crap on these movies, uh, I I still enjoy the first one. I think the first one is a lot of fun because it's a focused movie about characters. The problem was uh, after the second <laughs> one, uh, Jeff. No, this is a whole other fight. After the second one, though, which was during the writer's strike, so they had no script for Revenge of the Fallen, and that movie is just like a goddamn mess. That yeah. movie is like special effects, just like one after another. I think they realized you don't need to actually pay any attention to the script. Like, people will still watch... Uh, that movie did really well, apparently, too. Yeah. I think, by the yeah. way, to me, I feel like Transformers is the beginning of this mentality of it's not made for us, it's made for international... Like, yeah. and it was, uh-huh. I think that was one of the first movies where it's like, we shot a whole sequence in China. Like, and uh-huh. it's like, and you know, and it's like, oh, and that, that was the beginning of me understanding like, oh, now instead of these movies just being successful overseas, we're catering to them. And, uh-huh. and so much so that we don't even have to have a plot. We just need to have like what well, you said, moments. It's like, it mm-hmm. looks cool. Cause you know, cause it really is. It's, I, I think that that's like, it's, it's so bizarre that we have this movie that we all felt the same way. There's a moment in this movie where maybe 30 seconds passed and we all got confused because there's no logical storytelling to get us to that next moment. That's crazy. But you know what, guys? Like At the end of my screening, my audience started clapping. And not like ironically, not like, oh, my God, thank goodness, we're out of here. They clapped. They were whooping. They cheered for... Uh, Optimus, uh, when he came, like, when he became and good and started kicking ass. These, like, no, 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 I saw it in a well, normal like matinee screening. I will uh, tell but, you, there, yeah. there's a le- legitimately cool moment when Optimus, as the big rig, comes out of that cloud of smoke at the end. <laughs> yes, yeah, that, that like, was great. Despite everything I'd been through, that was I was like, it's still cool that Optimus Prime's a big rig and he drove drove out. It's like. 
the, the, there's certain iconography that still kind of works. And uh, but you know, yeah, this I, movie's I not that doing that well. This, this, this is how I describe trans. How many times can you fool the American people? Like that's why. Like yeah. at a certain point, we're like, all right, we'll we'll take you. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me a third time. I don't know. Fool me a fourth time. Now I feel stupid. You can't get fooled again. You can't get fooled again. <laughs> this is the only way I describe this is how I describe this movie. Um, it's like being at a buffet and you're blindfolded. And you're just uh, and you're pulling one thing onto your plate and you don't know what you have, and you have a plate full of stuff, and some stuff you eat, and you're like, well, that was delicious. I want more of that. Too bad, because the next thing you eat is terrible. And the next thing you eat is like passable. And the next thing is terrible. And then there's a great thing again. You're just eating. You don't know what you're eating. It's coming in weird orders. Because I do agree that throughout this movie, there are fun, cool, exciting things. There are things that make me go, I love Michael Bay as a director. There are things that I love as the, the actors. Like, again, like Mark Wahlberg and the whole, you know, being like kind of shot down for being a virgin was really fun. At least to me, it felt like it was fun. Um, and, but it just, it, there's no like full point of view. It's like, I, I feel that like mm-hmm. way with James Cameron sometimes too. It's like the, like the visual over supersedes the plot. And sometimes you got to, you have to have a plot. You have to have a characters. These things mm-hmm. are important. I think. Themes, characters, it's all, it's all good things. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But yeah. As Jeff pointed out, this movie is not doing super well. Um, it made $69 million from Wednesday to Sunday, and that's $45 million over the Friday to Sunday uh, time period, which is significantly worse than pretty much all the other Transformers movies. Um, you know, uh, so it, it's, also, that being said, it has opened incredibly strong, uh, not in North America. So it, it did very well in China. By the way, did you guys notice that there is a scene in this movie where uh, they are taking shelter from the robots that are attacking at this mm-hmm. deserted town outside of Chicago or whatever. And uh, Isabella just pulls out a Chinese drink out of her bag and starts <laughs> drinking. It's like a Chinese drink. And uh-huh. they, they were much more heavy on the uh, Chinese product placement in uh, Age of Extinction. Mm-hmm. But they still managed to sneak in that Chinese drink in this one. Uh, which there's absolutely no reason she would have that in this movie. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> maybe she's just a worldly, worldly child. Yeah, she, she's done a lot of traveling. Um, Paul, yeah. what were you gonna say? I was gonna say I had someone brought this up on the boards, but um, how is Steven Spielberg involved in this? Because his name is in the credits. And I wrote that down too. I was like, right. is he like, is he giving notes or is he just kind of like, <laughs> That's is a good he question. sort of like you know, uh, like because <laughs> it, it does not have anything that would I feel like. I think the only thing that Steven Spielberg contributed to this movie was uh, he's like, you should uh, check out this Shia LaBeouf kid. And then, uh, and then he started to hate Shia, and then Michael Bay and him never spoke again. Like, you know, like, <laughs> oh, man. I, that's I feel like possible. one of the reasons I like the first movie is it has those Spielberg touches, right? It's Shia uh, as a kid in high school, and like this weird stuff starts it, happening. It, it, yeah, Before, it's a boy and his alien. Yeah. You know, it's like the his same robot. dynamic that yeah. a boy and his robot. Like, it's the same dynamic in like E.T. or other movies like that. And uh, there's like a lot of beautiful moments in in Transformers One that I just feel like are totally rushed past in in all the subsequent films, um, in favor of all this other crap that no one asked for. So it's kind of it's kind of a bummer that these movies aren't better. By the way, Brian David's in the chat asked earlier about what the score was like. You know, the score for the first film is actually still really impressive in my opinion, and mm-hmm. the score for last night just kind of a shell of its former self. Kind of just. Uh, 
just reusing themes of the first one without adding it, anything interesting. And I yeah. feel like that's what you're going to get, though, in a five-film franchise sometimes. It's sort of like, yeah, well, we already got our thing. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it just, yeah, it doesn't stick out. But the main themes, I do like the main yeah, themes. Yeah, they're still good. Uh, you know, there are some movies that, that buck that trend, though. For instance, um, uh, John Williams' score for, like, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. And, yeah. you know, like, those, they, he introduced some, like, new stuff in those movies that was, like, really impressive. That, that, Phantom like, Menace, that score of Phantom Menace. Yeah, Duel of the Fates. Duel of the Fates is, is yeah. the best song in all of Star Wars. Amazing, so, yeah. amazing. So, you know, it's possible to keep, like, reinventing yourself uh, <laughs> from a score perspective, but, you know, they didn't do that in this movie. Um, all right, uh, so we've gone long, but, of course... We would because it's Transformers. Uh, but, Paul, we're so grateful for your time. Any closing thoughts you want to share with us about you Transformers know, last night? I, I think I just go back to my buffet metaphor and just go, like, these are buffet movies and you have to be ready to, to not know what you're going to get. Is yep. the crab going to be rotten? We don't know. Is the shrimp, you know, like, you may P- get a picture good Picture a buffet, there. but it's force-fed to you. You know, yeah. that's kind of what it yeah. is. Yeah. It's a buffet where... Yeah, you don't know what you're putting on your plate. You just have to get, eat whatever. You have to eat a little bit of everything. You're going to eat maybe a mouthful of Jello, and it's not going to be as bad as you think, but it's not good. The thing that's so yeah. amazing to me is that five movies now, I've, I've seen all of them, and I'm still surprised that it could be this incoherent and yeah. it's slipshod and haphazard. It's like mm-hmm. yeah. I don't understand why I am still surpri- – I walked out of that movie and went – I cannot believe how batshit that movie was. And why am I still surprised at that? Why am I still surprised that they can't hold <laughs> together? You think, co- you think that, they are, you, that, that someone's going to go, guys, whoa, <laughs> right. what do we do in that last one? Lord, we got to clean up our act a second time. Like, I, I, when I would beg, I would just like beg. I'd say Michael Bay, I'd beg, make another one of these. But it cannot go a second over 90 minutes take <laughs> that challenge. Like, right. And I honestly believe that if you created this story in 90 minutes, like you'd have to cut stuff out. Obviously yeah. you would have a better movie. Sure. I think, like, I yeah. think this idea of the bloating of film, uh, especially popcorn movies is bad for popcorn movies. Like I love summer films. I almost go see every summer movie out there, but I do think, that this idea that you can go long is like it's like in comedy too. It's like it, the, sometimes the best thing that you can do is have uh, parameters. Like mm-hmm. like Black Mirror now that's on Netflix. I think it did lose something when they were able to go longer. I think the ones that were better were the shorter ones. The ones that felt like you have to stay within constraints. I think that that's. I think it makes for a better product. But when you can go, I can make a two and a half hour movie. Who is that for? Because it's a kids movie. And no kid wants to see two and a half hours of this thing, no matter how good it is. Basically, you want to remake The Five Obstructions, but with uh, Transformers yeah, instead. I would love to see that. <laughs> but uh, I, me too. It would be amazing. Uh, I, I think there are so many unnecessary subplots in this film. You know, uh, Tony Hale, that character didn't need to be there at all. Nope. Like, we didn't need... Uh, even the Isabella character, like... You could have just cut that character completely out of the movie. And Dude, Anthony have... Hopkins doesn't need to be in this movie. That <laughs> yeah. character doesn't need to be in the movie at all. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it just there's all these well, subplots. John Turturro certainly didn't even need to be in that movie. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, why it's... invest John Turturro? To be like, oh, you got to go to this one place. Wow, that John Turturro literally is a phone call in this movie, <laughs> but like a five minute phone call just to say like, go over that that place. All right, it's Get these movies thing. are an exercise in not saying no, right? It's it's yeah. an exercise in like, <laughs> yes, true. let's just include everything. There's no discipline there, and uh, it's very unfortunate. It's very unfortunate, but uh, it sounds like. We at least had a good time during this conversation. Yes. And, uh, and well, these are the movies that I find to be the most fun to talk about because it's not just like, it's not a bad, it's, it's not badly made. It's like the choices are insane. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, like, why, who, who let this happen? Like, there's so many people like, and then you see like small films not being able to get made or, or, or I don't know, like it, it basically like this reeks of, from the studio that bought you, brought you monster trucks, like Transformers. <laughs> it's like it's the same shit in a different bag. It's like, yeah, yeah. People love crazy stuff. The, the trucks are monsters. And then the trucks are robots. It's like, who, yeah, like, it's like someone's signing a check. Tell, tell me more about the trucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, so Movie Bob, uh, who's an online uh, movie reviewer who makes videos, he made this video that uh, the I think it was like, 20 things that actually happened in Transformers 5. And he just, the whole review is basically just him saying things that happened. Um, one thing that he pointed out that I thought was funny for some reason, just as we're winding down and bringing up random things, was uh, Megatron. At one point, he, he sees uh, Starscream's head, I think. Right? And he says, <laughs> yeah. he says, my treacherous friend Starscream. Starscream, by the way, has been nothing but loyal during the entire movie series. <laughs> I just thought, what? Why would they? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> nothing makes sense, guys. I don't think anyone who's written these movies has seen the other ones because <laughs> yeah. them, like us, are like, they're like, okay, like, all right, so you're writing Transformers 5. Cracks the knuckles, puts on the TV. They fall asleep twenty minutes. And like, ah, I don't need to watch it. I got it. I so got there's it. no, there's yeah, no show, there's no show Bible for the uh, Transformers movies. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, I don't think they can. How can you? It's entirely possible that <laughs> that uh, um, um, oh, I just lost it. Merlin, who played Merlin? Stanley uh, John, Tucci? Uh, the, 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 yeah, that's, yeah, it's entirely possible that Stanley Tucci is the only one involved that knew that he had been in the other movies. <laughs> yeah, they're like, uh, Michael Bay is like, we got to get Stanley Tucci in this. Like, uh, Michael, we got to get me Stanley Tucci. <laughs> He's in the Hunger Games. He's going to be in this one, too. We'll get him all. It's like, do they know that, you know, never mind. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> Double the royalties, baby. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, incredible. Oh. All right, well. Paul, we're so grateful that you joined us today here on the Slash Filmcast. So grateful that you helped us raise over, oh, almost at this point, over almost seven thousand dollars. Oh my god! Uh, oh, this it's like, actually as of this, as of this, like right now, this moment, we are at seven thousand uh, dollars for the right. hospital. So people contributed during the podcast, uh, and again, if you want to contribute, if you enjoyed any of the last hour and forty-five minutes of podcasting. Go to GoFundMe.com slash slash formers. We'd appreciate it if you contribute. Uh, but Paul Shear, where can people find more of your work on the internet or elsewhere this week? Oh, it's just so simple. You could just find Paul Shear anywhere. It's like it's it, it's all that on Instagram and all and Twitter and all that stuff. You're That's all over the internet, like the talismans yes. all over Mark Wahlberg's junk in this movie. hundred <laughs> percent. That's why I describe it all the time. And uh, yeah, you could listen to my podcast, uh, which we every week we talk about a movie. Uh, like this, not unlike your podcast, which you dissect great films and you have opinions. 
we watch uh, the best of the worst. My stepmother's an alien, uh, the race, uh, Ninja Terminator. We we watch a lot of those movies, and it's me, Jason Manzukis, and June Diane Raphael. I mean, uh, how did this get made? Such an amazing podcast, and also like I don't even think you need to advertise because I'm pretty sure that anyone who listens to Slashfilm Cast probably also listens out of this get made, oh, that you're nice. including yeah, well, including nice. myself. So. Um, so thanks so much for joining us today. Um, find more episodes of this podcast at slashfilmcast.com. Email us at slashfilmcast.gmail.com. Let me, let me ask you, Jeff Kanata, where can you find more of your work on the internet this week? Oh, you can always follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Kanata with two N's and one T. Uh, I have several other shows for you, including uh, video game shows, uh, DLC at 5x5.tv slash DLC. I have a daily video game show called Newest, Latest, Best at anchor.fm slash NLB. And I have a comedy science show called We Have Concerns, which you can find at wehaveconcerns.com. How about you, David? Jeff, can I ask you real quick? Have you yeah, played please. that Star Trek VR game? I'm addicted to it over oh, here. I love it. Bridge Crew. So yes. Good. Oh, yeah. So good. So good. I keep hearing I about Galaxy, it. I, I want a Galaxy Quest mod on that. How long, how long have you just stayed in the, the loading area and just dicked around with your friends? That's basically what we do for like 45 minutes before we even play. See, I can't. I have not yet played with anybody that I actually knows. So I'm going all the time with strangers. I'm up in that stranger game, and uh, uh-huh. so, yeah, so I'd like to get my friends in there. I want to like, because uh, I, I would love to do that. Uh, but no, I, so I'm, yeah, I can't wait. We should, we should do, yeah, we should do this. Uh, I've been thinking of picking that up. We should yeah. do some bridge crew together. Let's record would, a stream, I would, guys. I would yeah. do a stream of bridge crew. All right, crew yeah. in there. All right. I'll, 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 I'll tweet at you, uh, Paul, about this. Um, I love. All right, Devendra, where can I find more of your work? Well, I'm at Devendra on Twitter, and I write about tech at Ingadget.com. Um, find all my stuff at DaveChen.net. Uh, I, I think I'm going to publish a review there of Master of None Season 2. <laughs> Had a mm-hmm. lot of stuff to say about that. Uh, just loved that season of television. Uh, with your old co-worker, uh, Aziz Ansari, right? Aziz right? Ansari, yeah. yes, yeah, 100%. You guys human giant together. And uh, find me on Twitter at Dave Chensky. Uh, that's Dave Chen, S-K-Y. Next week, we'll be reviewing Edgar Wright's newest film, Baby Driver. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to the Slash Filmcast, the official podcast of SlashFilm.com. We're out. Bye.